Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. Oh, no. <laughs> did this really just happen? It did. Okay, so we're full screen on me right now. It is rare time when Matt just starts the show, me. Matt. But I am joined with Evan, which you can put him full screen for a second or two. What's up, Evan? How's it Corey going? Dylan, baby. <laughs> and then <laughs> let's go James White, actually, but I love it. Okay. We got to get you some backlights. I just realized then we'll be really like blued, like to match the show. Yeah. I got to have something, something fancy behind oh, me. Gosh. And Nick, do you want to give back. us the intro? Right. Go ahead. Yeah. Are we, are we actually like straight <laughs> up live? Oh, we're straight up live, man. Welcome back. Nice. His camera, well, everybody, welcome, everybody just cut out just like right, right as we yeah. started. There you go. My internet keeps getting all janky on me, but anyways. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 112, presented by Cosmic Disc Golf. Thank you for joining us tonight. I'm sure Matt has already said all of those things, but no, I hopefully haven't. my internet will be a little bit more low-key. All of a sudden, I came in, and we were talking about Evan's lighting, so I was like, oh, maybe we haven't started yet, but anyway. Yeah. Episode 112, doing? presented by Cosmic Disc Golf, this episode, and you can check them out at Cosmic Disc Golf. Have a Cosmic Day is one of their things. Uh, you can find them on Instagram at their website, Cosmic dg.com new and used discs and other assortment of initiatives get excited go check them out cosmic disc golf again at instagram cosmic disc golf as well so nick you said episode 112 every i've said this over and over and over since episode like 20 like wow we never thought we'd be here <laughs> yeah i know right so tell us the the short version of what happened at goliath the course that you've worked so hard on like down there in lynchburg area or good Goon. no we uh it was awesome we officially opened up to the public last week we had kind of a soft launch and then this last past weekend um yesterday and the day before that we hosted a tournament there on sunday it was the final round of the battle for bedford tournament uh Brody smith randon lada cody bradshaw a lot of great virginia players um were in attendance at this event and um yesterday we I don't know, had the first official course record set. We had the first official ace ever by Zach Melton. And uh, it was just all around an incredible time. All the feedback on the course has been insanely incredible. So much work went into it. And during the offseason, so much more work will get put into it. Um, but it's definitely been a, a crazy, awesome experience. How how much Discura really stepped up to get everything done. The Peaks and Creeks um, club around here really stepped up and just running the tournament in general and making it happen again this year. And uh, it was a very, very humbling experience walking up to the parking lot and just seeing, you know, 80 plus cars there. It was really, really cool. A lot of hard work went into that, Nick. I'm sure you felt yeah. proud for it. And can you tell me the mm -hmm. ace that Zach Melton had was mm -hmm. an ace on the perfect round baskets from, is that true? From, uh, yep. uh, what's the name of the course? Toboggan. Yeah. Yep. From Deglo back Deagle. in 2018. Yep. So, so he that's has an a ace cool, on them. Yeah, cool experience for him yeah. as well. Is he the only guy yep. to ever have an ace on those baskets? Like after Paul's win, did they pull the baskets from the ground at Deglo? I'm not sure how soon <laughs> after. I I know when he had kind of switched to Discraft, that was one of the gifts that they gave him, um, and which obviously was the next year. And so I would assume more than likely that that probably was the first ever ace. I don't really know of any. Wait, I'm know, a hop super in here. Yeah, let's go so for at Toboggan. Okay. So, yeah, has Deglo ever had an yeah. ace? No, pretty like, awesome. That course, definitely that a course really cool isn't feeling. Really set up for it, besides maybe hole sixteen. But to digress, Deglo, yeah. How many aces just, just does Deglo have? 
yeah, that's know. a fun kind of topic. I feel like that's talking and we can't hear him. Though. That's a, whose stat is that? That would be a Udis right? stat, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it would have to go back even further. Evan's than muted. They have. Somehow. I'm muted. No, he's not. You can't hear him, Nick. This happened. <laughs> remember, oh. this happened what? to us before. Yeah. Where you? So, but I can hear Nick. Yeah. No, no, you're fine on our side, Ben. This happened. Um, remember, you were like, yeah. I forget who it was. Who was it? Where yeah. you're like, I'll just sit and wait. That's how it was. Yeah, I forget, I forget who it was, but um, if I click out of the link and come back in, will I be able to hear him? Possibly, but you kind of did right. that when you crashed in the first place, but that's okay. Let's Let go. Me, we'll yeah. go back up on me. We'll wait for you. So let me try. All right. Well, or ben, hey, I got something go. to add real quick. Yeah. If I can have if, can, if I can have the floor. So right before the show, we were talking, were there any exciting events that happened this past weekend? And I just pulled a quick list of all the winners. You know who won an event? And did incredibly well rating wise this weekend. Who won an event? Manabu Kajiyama wins the first Maiko Classic in Nagata, Japan. And I'm going to get roasted for my pronunciation. I apologize ahead of time. He posted it a 1072 event rating, and I pulled it up real quick. His round ratings through it were 1078, 1073, 1070, and 1065 in the final round. He actually shot a 49 in every single round, and I think it was the same layout, which is kind of impressive. Then also messed up. No. Kind of funny that the ratings continually went down when he played exactly the same. Uh, but yeah, there's, you're always going to have the whole ratings talk. But in a vacuum, like that's incredibly impressive. I mean, putting up a 1070 round on a weekend is incredibly good but i had one more thing to add is the oklahoma open happened kat mersh took it down in fpo she put up a 1038 rated round which is the highest rated fpo round on the season uh kristen tatar previously had the two best with the third being tied with Paige pierce uh 1033 and kat mersh beats it wow so we don't always do reviews like after the season's done but if it's someone we know we're down for it we just don't want to hit deep in the we don't know who they are we're just interested unless something amazing happens i guess like another perfect round on like i don't know maple hill gold someone is able to do it in a sanctioned event we'll probably talk about it yeah i would i would say so so um cool all right so we had a little weird start here i i wondered what happened at one point there nick you were talking, and then Evan's like, "Hey, can I say something?" And you were just like, "Nope." <laughs> well, yeah, I, I like saw his mouth moving, and I was like, "Oh, he's muted," and that's why I was like, "Oh, finish up the sentence." And then I was like, "Oh, Evan's muted," but I can hear him now. It's so funny so, how that happens. But we just we just cut each other off on the show. Anyway, yeah, that's so funny. that's funny. Yeah. So okay, we have Jeff Spring coming on tonight. Um, he's an important man, busy man. He had to uh, even push back a little bit. We had a schedule for him, but man, he is busy, and man, he's important. So now he's got a life of course, just like everyone else. Nick and Mashville is not that big of a deal. It's the biggest. It's the biggest. Well, they got, yeah, they have the Lake Marshall Open coming up, which I will be attending. And it silver is the series. technical first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. It is the first Silver Series event for the 2023 season. That's right. So pretty which, awesome. A lot of big names dropped out of it, actually. Like Ricky was originally attending. He dropped out. I think Eric Earthy was originally attending. He dropped out. And I, I don't know why like, I'm laughing, but I feel yeah. like it has something to do with the big skins match just burning them out. But anyways, we'll, we will talk Probably. about that event. We will get to it because we know everyone wants to know. I don't know why they want to know our opinions, but they want to have someone talking about it so they can think about it. And so yeah. we'll do that for you. Um, okay. I'm I'm actually curious about something real quick before yes. we get into the Lake Marshall. Well, talking about the Lake Marshall Open. 
Is it the 2023 season or are we going to start calling it the 2022 to 2023 season? Kind of like NBA, NHL. Uh, does. So 22, 23 season. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably just, just curiosity. It'll depend. I probably year to year, right? Like, you know, I we'll have to get used to it. Answer. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it would be 22, 2023 because if you don't mm-hmm. do that, then you have to stop taking stats like, you know what I mean? Like, you'd be like, no, if we're not calling it 22, 23, then we only start our stats in like January 1 of 2023. And that's not the case. I think you would go back because we're already doing player of the year awards. We're already doing everything based off of to this point. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, so I think you have to start including this. That's a good question. Um, so, yeah, I guess we have now the 2022, 2023 season and the next year, the 2023, 2024. We oh, say 2020 so, so many times. Yeah. Just 22. Isn't it hard? <laughs> yeah. Um, at least we're not saying field of strength. <laughs> I did yeah, that. No, right. Where I did that the next week, or I did that on league night. I did something. I yeah. was so upset. I just kept saying it. So strength of field. All right, let's jump into a topic while we get ready for Jeff Spring, who won't be on for about thirty more minutes or so. Um, let's go ahead and jump right into it. The fun will begin when we bring up the GK Pro money, big money skins match. And I use the word debacle. So I think that's the word everyone's throwing around now at this point. Yeah. And so can we, we, I'm just squeaking here. We brought it up last week and we said, oh, maybe we can get the GK Pro guys on last week. We were going to talk about Mm -hmm. it. Smashbox was able to talk to them and got a lot of, you know, hyped. This is going to be amazing. Um, You look at the announcements they had leading up to it. You hear things like we brought in a professional. This is the first time ever a professional broadcast, like live broadcast, you know, company. Um, Luke Humphreys was on social media, you know, saying that leading up to it. And and I want to be clear. They're all saying what they understood to be true. But this is what was being announced and what it is. Uh, I kind of, I don't know if poo-poo is the right word, but I kind of (laughs) poo-pooed on the, um, the idea of this match play being that exciting. I don't think it was related to how I thought it was going to be broadcasted. So I don't want to like play that down, but in my head, when we were talking about the value, right, I think Evan, you and Hannah and me, and we were kind of talking about the value of an event like that. I don't think $15 is bad value for a live produced event. In my mind, I'm thinking, you know, professionally done DGN or other of of that nature, right. Or better. But I kind of got nervous. I was definitely in it to buy it, like in it to subscribe, Evan. Like you were too. I was in it. I got nervous leading up to like the day of when I couldn't find much. Like I looked around. I'm like, I can't find much information. There's a little bit how to buy it, but there's not much how to watch it. Uh, scheduling, everything, right? There was just not enough. I did not purchase it. And I said, I'm going to wait to hear it starts to sound really good, I'll jump in on it. And then it started to sound really bad. Um, uh, Nick dropped out, by the way. That's why I continue to talk here. We'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll, get, we'll get Nick's opinion. And Evan. <laughs> but um, it started to sound really bad. And it's just social media starting to spread the idea of, I'm staring at a fountain, like 95% of the live feed. <laughs> And I'm like, oh boy, they like, they didn't prepare on this. They don't have enough cameras, something along those lines. Eventually, apparently it got so bad, like between their live disc golf platform, that was a website, 
that they actually canceled that. Like, we aren't doing the website. Everyone go over to GK Pro and watch live. They get over to GK Pro to watch live, and everybody's getting a horrible experience now. Like I said, staring at a fountain or 20 minutes in a booth listening to some commentator nobody knows talk to one of the pros that they'll bring in after their rounds. And even then, there was periods of 10 minutes of time or longer where you would just not, you would see mouths moving in the commentary booth and not hear anybody. And to the point where I was like, is something wrong with my TV? So I would text somebody and they'd be like, no, no, it's not on my side either. Mm -hmm. So the long story short is they ended up opening it up free for everybody to watch. And I'm going to react to that. And then I'm just interested in feedback from all of you. I first thought, and I think I texted the group, hey, they opened it up for, like someone said, they opened it up free or live, free for live. And I thought to myself, that's probably a really bad idea. <laughs> now you're taking it for the subscribers and now you're promoting to the world how bad it was. Like, it's just going to be like compounded. Good news. They said they're refunding everybody. That's why they made it free for everybody. They're refunding everybody. But man, there's a lot of details here. But I'm interested in your initial reactions. How did you feel when you heard it? What did you see? And we can talk about like maybe what we think it's going to be like going forward and a few other points. But Evan or Nick, what do you think? Yeah, so I, I was kind of feeling what you were thinking, Matt. Like, and it, it worked out well because I was playing a round of disc golf with Ben uh, down at Connecticut. And so we were playing instead of watching it in the morning. Uh, and we were kind of keeping up on updates, like talking about it here and all the grumblings you just mentioned. Uh, and it went free. Like we pulled it up on Ben's phone. We were trying to watch it. Like you know, <laughs> you taking your phone during our yeah, round. Exactly. I, like I literally was like, Ben, turn it up. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, like, I can't hear it. I'm curious, like germs talking with this random, uh, commentator. I wanted to hear him talk and he's like, it's as loud as possible. And like, he had to like put it up to his ear to hear it. So, uh, Th that just started off of you know what what was to come with watching this and yeah i think it, it it's a really <laughs> there's so much to unpack with this before we unpack um, it let's let nick react and then we'll unpack yeah. it go ahead nick well fortunately i was just playing an event this weekend and i was very very focused on that and so i didn't really have to worry about like i didn't normally i would pay for something like this but i knew i was going to be busy all the weekend all weekend mm -hmm. i was hosting mm -hmm. seven or eight people were here actually at my apartment and in the garage and everything so i knew i was going to have no time to legitimately sit down and watch it so i didn't pay for it um but then kind of scrolling through twitter during my rounds or getting like group <laughs> chat text messages from us and seeing how you know big of a flop things turned out and how big of a debacle everything was and then slowly just getting new and new information throughout the day of what's going on and if anything like my biggest thing I feel for the GK Pro guys. I mean, they're an incredible filming crew. They do awesome stuff on YouTube. They do great oh, stuff. Oh, this with the isn't skins on matches. them fully, but we can. No, we can no, 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 I know, it, yeah. I know. But you can, yeah, you can definitely, you know, there, there is area to blame in certain, you know, aspects of it. But I don't know. It, it, I could definitely see it going this way with how it happened. It was kind of just. You know, hey, let's run this massive skins match and let's hire a company that's not in producing live disc golf. Let's do it at a place where the Internet might not be great. Let's do it with people who, you know, pretty much know nothing about disc golf in a sense, but they've poured a lot of money into it. And that's essentially, I think, kind of what happened. And so surprised that it happened this way. I'm a little bit surprised at actually how bad 
it ended up. I thought there were going to definitely be, you know, things that went wrong, you know, especially, you know, but for it to kind of flop the way that it did and it went from it's on pay-per-view and then, oh, we're refunding everyone. Like if I didn't, like I said earlier, this be the last of it for me is I feel for the GK pro guys, but I know, you know, they did everything they could filming wise. And whenever that post round production comes out of the event, Terry Miller, uh, Jeremy Colling just really, I think kind of stepped it up in their own ways. And I think it was just a little too far out there to achieve in what seems like a short amount of time. And the hype was all there. And it just turned into one of those, you overhype it, overhype it, overhype it. And then massive under delivery of it. Yeah. And so it's kind of just like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm curious what the pluses coming out of it were, except for a player winning $50,000. I have a few ideas on it. Yeah. You can go three up because Evan's still here. Um, I I feel like the first plus is that DGN never looked so good. <laughs> like it's like oh yeah. we love DGN. <laughs> like, but what's interesting is you know the storylines coming into you know a year or two ago is how much everyone hated DGN. Like it's horrible quality, pixelated Nintendo this, Nintendo that, and I'm like, but what they're actually doing is incredible. Like I'm talking like instant replays, like multiple camera angles of of the replay. Mm-hmm. Um, commercial breaks are very limited, right? All of that stuff. Now, and we can hear them. Like we can hear on course conversations if they want us to. We hear going to the studio. Mm-hmm. We hear that. Like they do a lot right to produce a live broadcast. And Ben can start to attest this. We've been really <laughs> getting his feet wet. Yes, both uh, over at DGN and here yep. to produce a live broadcast, Ben. And you're very like, this is new for you, yep, right? This yep. year is new for you. Yes. Like, what's your what's your idea of like the difficulty of just producing live in general? Uh, uh on the very lower level that I do it on, it's <laughs> even though I'm the only person that does it, um, for our show, it's pretty stressful to <laughs> mess up and then have the world see it, and then have to go back and and try and figure it out. And it's just, it's just like the little things you wouldn't expect to go wrong, go wrong. Like it's like, it seems like a technical difficulty every other week. And yeah, it's, it's definitely a struggle. And then you feel bad. You're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I let that happen. Right. So, but it, yeah. it's even the in- intricacies. Like, yeah, people don't, I say people, sorry. I don't, I want to refer to it this way. A live broadcast is video that you're seeing if you're watching this live YouTube, but it's also audio. And what a lot of people don't realize is a lot of live broadcasts, including ours, are not actually using on-camera microphone. So it's not, our video and audio is not paired up literally directly. Like I'm talking into a microphone, going into a separate interface all together from the video. Like they're two separate things going in so we can control it separately. They messed up big time. Their audio wasn't working half of the time. And I'm sitting over here not understanding why. Yeah. Audio is tough to make sound good, but it's the easier part of getting out to the broadcast. The video, that is easier to understand. That's tough. You're, they're walking around. I heard they laid cables out there. I'm assuming it was fiber. But, like, they, the camera guys, were just, it just, long story short, they hired union guys is my understanding. A lot of stuff went into this that there was no experience for disc golf. I do feel bad in, in a lot of ways for GK Pro. I think a lot of lessons learned. So that's another positive is that like vet who you're going with for anything. And one last thing, it was reminiscent to me. 
it was reminiscent of when Steve Dodge brought the live broadcast in-house. Do you remember that? It was like Smashbox was doing it. And then he goes, we can do that over at the Disc Golf Pro Tour. And he just brought it in-house, grabbed people who he thought could do cameras. And it was a big, bad thing too, like bad. Like, remember the advertisement thing they had going? It was weird. There was advertisements constantly, cameras walking down the fairway. It was bad. In my mind, I put them very similarly here, the experience. So lesson learned is that literal experience is huge when it comes to disc golf media. Like, bring an ESPN golf crew out. I think they would do pretty good because they're that professional. Yeah, they, their sure. quality would look great. But I'm curious even, you know, to see, like, the flight of a disc. They'd have to learn that on the fly. <laughs> no, no pun intended. <laughs> pretty proud of myself, nice. though. Any takeaways yeah, for you, Evan? Oh, well, yeah, I just, I got, I got a few thoughts on it. I mean, like one GK is probably going to catch, catch the most, most flack. And I think it's because they're the company that everyone sees. Um, but it's one of those things where it was all the other people having faults that it just makes them look bad. Yes. It was on their channel and they should have kind of done a little bit more due diligence, I think maybe to make sure that it was going to be up to quality before it's onto your channel with your fans. Um, but it, it seemed to largely other people messing up uh, that caused the errors. I mean, this, the, the company that people are going to talk about for weeks and infancy. Oh, my goodness. I can't infancy. And is that what I'm going for? I, I don't know. So. But, but Mason, Mason Agency or production, like they – they were hyped as this ESPN like quality uh, by the Eagles crossing owner. And <laughs> even, why. even if everything was absolutely perfect uh, and, and went to the best of their abilities, it, it was like, it was miles away. It, like the, the graphics and just the quality they had looked more like your local news station. Uh, like I live in a town of 20,000 people. It would be like that news station going out Pause. and covering an event. Yes, I agree. Pause. Go to Ben's green screen real quick. Like full screen on you, Ben. Okay. This, besides his hands getting cut off, like this quality right here is way better than their green screen was. Do you not agree? Like I know you guys are getting They were in a green screen? I thought they were just locked oh, in the basement. No, yes, with a green screen. Okay, you can go back to Evan. Like that was like peak AV club of your local high school, right? Like <laughs> your right. high school kids put that's on so an funny. awesome production. Like that's what it looked like, uh, which it uh, it just screamed like 2008. <clears throat> like it 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 could have been better. The when they popped up with who the commentators were, you know, it said Big Germ, you know, disc golf commentator. Like that looked like again like an early 2000s news story. Uh, so and what you're saying it, is the Nick and Matt show should go it, into live broadcasting and we could do better. I don't know. I don't yeah, want to get that absolutely. far. Absolutely. But like just everything from the top down, just there was not a lot of I, I'm sure it was a ton of scrambling. There was not a lot of checking and due diligence and making sure people knew what was going on. And I mean, people are going to talk about the commentator, uh, Rich uh, Gould. And I think his job ended up being way harder than he anticipated. He thought he was just going to be there a little bit, but with all the technical difficulties that ended up being him and germ for like 75% of the, <laughs> the show. Hand, the arm resting but, around yeah. while we talk is like, yeah. so. have you seen but, those memes yet? Yes. Nick? Oh, it's so bad. Like it, I got to yeah, send just, you a picture, Nick. If you haven't seen, I, was gonna it. Say, I don't think I've seen any of the memes. So it, I haven't been on I, social media too, too much, but yeah, you've been busy. I think this guy maybe did all of like two minutes of research, which if you're getting hired to do a job, like I want to know more. Um, but at the same time, him not knowing things was so 
like there's so much gold from it. The the very one of the very first putts you see, you see Nico Lacaster, who yes, played in this event because it wasn't PDGA sanctioned, hit like a twenty five foot putt, and the guy goes whammo. <laughs> like that was, oh, I died laughing was, when that happened. It was bad, but and I think the biggest takeaway from him, and I hope it sticks around, is just and a player steps up on the slab. Like, that's yeah. so good. Like, what a catchy, like, oh, Jerem's going to say that next Jerem's video. Were, I guarantee it. There was, there was something. I'm not, okay, so I'm going to say there was something redeeming or, or nice quality about the commentator, something. And I don't know if it was the super relaxed, just I'm commentating like golf, right? I wish there, there was some slights to it, some. And I don't think he was intentionally doing it, but like undermine, like whammo or things like that, where it was like, kind of felt like what are we talking about where germ goes at one time germ turns over and he's like you he goes that's not what it's called or something and then he's like you just made that up right now right like to the guy and the guy's like yeah i don't really call it that and germ's like yeah i knew you didn't like it was like weird stuff like that yeah and so yeah i just sent you the picture nick if you see it it's pretty funny the guy's like arm around big germ like leaning over and the memes that use this picture oh, yeah. are hilarious like so we talked a lot about this. I think there's, you would imagine there might be some attempted That's lawsuits because you heard there was almost six figure going into this production. They ended up canceling because it wasn't as advertised. GK Pro steps up, steps up to say they'll produce post round. I don't want to spoil it now, but the Reddit world and everywhere else has told us who won. Yeah, it's spoiled. Um, Pat McMahon in our chat says he was there. I was going to bring him up, yeah. Yeah, and he said that it, the guys on the ground were like running around learning how to film on the on the spot like how to do this and thomas gilbert was running around in between people like trying to get information on like what's going on and where it was just Jeez. i'll just say without going through it all it was yeah. literally the worst live disc golf broadcast not necessarily how do i say this someone said this in a chat they said i could go out there with my phone and do a facebook live and it would be better I agree with that aspect of it. I'd be better content. Like I'd be able to actually take in more of what's happening. So mm -hmm. in that aspect, I agree. I will say the ability to have multiple cameras is attempt at being better, but the way they pulled it off was horrible. And the audio mishap, everything just yeah, together so made bad. it horrible where I would rather watch a Facebook live with one phone. That's my, that's my summary on it. Any other closing thoughts from it you guys? I just have a couple quick more notes. I'll, I'll try to yeah. try to be quick with it. Camera but baby. the so the camera crew, they were union uh, camera people. So they, they didn't know disc golf, but they knew how to work cameras or it seemed like they had terrible filters on sometimes when you were starting it out. It, it looked like when you go to Mexico in movies and it has that you know filter on it um what? but there was there you know when it's like all like orangey Sapia. you know what i'm talking yeah, about okay. Sapia. <laughs> it, it looked like that for some of the early shots but there was there was one and i don't know eagles crossing that well but it was one of the the i think it was the one that stokely won the lot of skins on at the earlier match this year like 14 or something um and the cameraman i'm like that's a weird position he's standing at like the front of the t-pad like the front right staring at the player and then when they go to throw, whips the camera around to see it. So you see none of the shot. It's blurry. Like, I feel like I'm about to throw up uh, watching the camera go that fast. But when Paul Uliberry goes to step up, like, he, like, starts his windup and then stops. And then, like, I swear, stared right at the camera guy and was like, what are you doing? And it's it just like they seemed so out of place. And I heard that. they <laughs> Yes, I love it. <laughs> They seem so out of Mexico, place. Bro. And 
<laughs> and I heard, I heard that they're they opened brand new walkie talkies, but they didn't fit their earpieces or something. Terry Miller had all the details, but they, so they're pretty much talking over walkie talkies, like, like as a normal person does, not on a golf course or disc and he's golf back course. From uh, so I I think that the camera people were just like we're probably messing people up because you heard someone say like hey what's going on there get the shot right as someone's about to throw uh just it it seemed crazy but they did they did lay fiber and a Wi-Fi mesh network throughout the course which is really cool and apparently I heard that the camera crew tested it on Friday and it was great but once people showed up yeah, and people were using the Wi-Fi good. network it just immediately just was terrible you add more people in so there's more people blocking the connection but wasn't friday the first day of live no saturday okay. morning was the first day of live there was competition was say, friday on friday was just the first round okay yeah well yeah. It but was... sure being there in person it was probably an incredible experience of actually being able to watch all these different formats and all these players going yes. for maybe bigger shots like i am curious to watch whatever post produced production comes out with this but uh the other hard part to it yeah. though nick you just reminded me of this we are very accustomed to now like udisc live and like live scores mm -hmm. playing along with the event for everybody that's on the course mm -hmm. i had zero idea besides somebody taking a picture of the score port which is an old-fashioned thing <laughs> and being mm -hmm. like here's how round one finished and i'm like yeah but I have to understand like the layout. I mean like the format yeah. and then like the yeah. next format's different and then the next format's different. And like, I can't tell when I'm watching it, how it's even playing out. Like I can see a big shot. It, You're right. And that was cool. But like you have no idea. There's no excitement or storyline to it. So I don't want to end on like a bad vibe here, but it was definitely newsworthy. It was a big talk because it was the gun. It is the biggest payout that's ever happened for a single, single person, like a payout for them. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. So congratulations for that. I'm not going to spoil it for some who are trying to wait due to the whole fact that it was supposed to be live. I'm not going to try to do that tonight. Yeah, we don't need to spoil it. Can climb a one? For once, wait, what? we don't need to spoil it. <laughs> okay, so that was that. There was so much more. We could do a whole show on that, but that's not why people came tonight. So uh, let me see. I'm curious how the pros feel about it. I know that they were very aware, I was told. They were very aware of how bad it was. Um, I'm curious how they feel about it. I mean, the money's yeah, out there. The wise. winner probably doesn't care, but okay. Um, let's do this. Let's jump into the off season has begun. And I know we actually, before we got on air or no, we, we talked about this on air. I'm confused who was here and when, what, but the off season has begun 2023 season. Uh, what are players trying to accomplish during the off season? I'll give you a few scenarios. Then you guys can, we can unpack it. Some players move. Like they'd say, okay, I'm going to go move, like actually move. Like we know the Macbeths are. I think there's some others who are. Um, or they go to a, a place where it's going to be great for practice, meaning that whether they're moving or they're going temporarily, they move in that sense. There's players who are literally seeking therapy for both physical injuries and mental help. Like how do I become a better disc golfer mentally and physically? Um, you have players who are working. We're going to talk about this later, but sponsorship deals. Like how do I do that? So they're going to be working with mm -hmm. player agencies. You have players that are just literally practicing. You're going to see social media increase players in the off season, trying to bolster their um, brands and marketing. Um, there's a little bit of everything. Is there anything like that stands out to you that you feel like we might see? Maybe it's something I said or something else you think, but the off season, what does that bring for the players? I guess, is it an off season anymore for a lot of them? It is, but yeah. Like, how would you treat it, Nick? Is it the off season? 
uh, in a few weeks, it'll officially be the off season. Okay. I have two, potentially three more tournaments, and then I can technically say, oh, I'm in the off season now. Like right around Thanksgiving time is when my off season will kind of officially start. And then whatever tournament I sign up for at the beginning of the year of next year, I'm not really sure when or where that will be. But um, yeah, in a couple of weeks, the off season, I mean, my biggest thing is to do more coursework on the course that's here now. Goliath officially opened up to the public and then working out, getting better. There's plenty of things. One of the biggest things I want to work on is my footwork and strength in my legs, my core, my back, stuff like that. Um, so I, I have, you know, literally a hundred things that I do want to work on. I've found awesome success throughout the year at some tournaments, but I've been very inconsistent at other tournaments. So it was weird. It was a great year, but a really bad year at the same time. I think I would consider it personally, but, and then also like my off season also revolves around helping grow, you know, Discura, uh, which is one of my businesses that I own with a couple people. And so trying to grow that and trying to figure out where, you know, our direction is going and then figuring out stuff with the Nick Macho, obviously, of where is the direction going with this? What does the 2023 year look like? So for me, it's, you know, it's a very busy off season. It doesn't, you know, there's no straight up vacation until I go home to Massachusetts and enjoy some time for the holiday season with my family. But um, other than that, I mean, every morning we'll be, you know, get down to the garage, make some putts, throw some drives, maybe play around if the weather's nice enough, do some coursework you know, go to work and all those good things. But for other players like the Macbeths who just moved down to Florida, it's a better off season weather wise. I mean, one of the biggest things is here in Virginia, we can have mild winters and like I've played disc golf on Christmas day. It's a very, very weird feeling, but you can definitely, you can play disc golf on Christmas day. I think it was almost 60 degrees here last year during Christmas. Uh, but then two days later, it'll be 20 degrees. And so you're kind of like, okay, well, that's the one day that I can play this week because it's the only nice day. All the other days are a little bit too cold or too windy or, you know, too much snow on the ground or whatever. And so in Virginia, you're limited to the days that you get to play and you kind of have to play on those days. So you have to revolve that schedule around that when down in Florida, you definitely have a lot more leniency with the weather and saying, oh, I can go play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week, and then it's going to rain Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But yeah. You're not really too worried about it as much down there. Do you think Paul's so. working on uh, branding and marketing? I think he's in a pretty good spot. He's probably working on business moves, but like branding yeah, and I marketing, mean, he's, he's, he's set. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a busy guy. He works on, you know, stuff with the Paul McBeth Foundation. Discraft is always looking to try to do his stuff McLaren. out there. And cleaning the McLaren and actually getting to drive <laughs> it around more than once a week when he's home. So, uh, no, he's he's definitely got a busy schedule. I'm sure there's a ton of... You know, hopefully maybe new sponsorships get into the sport. Maybe he's involved with that. Maybe not. I mean, it, it all depends. I think for someone of his brand caliper, there are so many different options of where, you know, his offseason can look at with everything. So what do you yeah, think? I, think uh, I, was, I thought, sorry, I thought you were done. No, you're good. <laughs> I was going to say, Evan, like I mentioned a handful of things. We heard how Nick's going to handle it. There's a lot of players like Nick that are actually going to get busier um, doing things that they've, I don't want to say put off, but that they couldn't focus on during the season. Do you feel like, Nick, I'm saying this with all love, do you think there's different tiers of how golfers handle this? Like, how do you think the Ricky Wysockis, Pauls, and now, say Aaron Gossages, right? Like, mm -hmm. or Gannon Burrs. Like, how do you think they're planning to handle the offseason? Well, I think biggest thing for a player, especially like Aaron Gossage, Ricky Wysocki, Paul, Gannon, players like that who have shown incredible strength throughout the year and have played incredible tournaments, have won majors or won elite series events throughout the year. 
their biggest thing is moving somewhere where weather isn't as big of an issue. I mean, if what we know, Aaron's from Colorado, and I think Gannon is from the Iowa area Iowa, yeah. or Illinois. Iowa, not, not good off seasons. So not great off season areas. I mean, there are things that I mean, unless you're a skier or something like that. Colorado's <laughs> pretty Colorado's great. Colorado's got but, some nice winter wait, days. Wait, wait, yeah. but but at the same time, if they're really trying to get better at it, unless they have an indoor facility where they can work on it like that every single day, then that's a huge plus. And for someone like Gannon, who you know is still a young kid, he's still in high school, so he's not like upping his whole life and moving down to Florida right now or Arizona or Texas or anything like that, but. <clears throat> uh, for players like Paul and Ricky, they've made the decision to move to a climate that better suits how they want to practice. They like practicing on courses, field work outside, being able to watch the disc fly. And so I think for more, more so now than ever, we are going to see more touring professionals make that move. We saw the Oakleys. We've seen Paige Pierce move down there. Katrina Allen's been out in Arizona for a few years now. I mean, there's a ton of players just figuring out where's that best offseason spot. And then they go on the road, starting in Vegas. So Gannon's dad lives in Florida, so he was said he kind of plans on going down there. <laughs> during the oh, there you go. So there you go. Okay, Exclusive. we're not to this point in the conversation yet talking about switching and all that. I see people in the chat being like, "Oh, who's going where?" We are going to talk about that tonight, off season, and woo, what should we watch for? Um, I did see briefly here Jeff Spring join the green room. I want to make sure that he's all set there. It looks like his either his camera got turned off or we're having a, a Nick Carl situation like we did earlier. <laughs> Yay. Um, we'll, we'll let him well, get situated. Once I see him again, we'll invite him in here. But um, what do you got, Evan, yeah, on that? Because I didn't let you talk or, or Nick. No, that's somebody. all good. I, I think the biggest thing for the offseason for a lot of these pros who have been on the road all season, who have been hitting up every single event, living in vans or Airbnbs or whatever, is just to take some rest and get like some mental rest. Um, your body needs rest from those kind of disc golf throwing motions. Like I think getting to the gym, getting in shape in other ways. Um, you can maybe work on putting, like just get like a different change of pace, really get feeling good. So that way, by the time we hit uh, February or even, you know, you got a couple of offseason events coming up that we're talking about. Once you hit February at Las Vegas, you can hit the season like ready to go, like primed, ready. Your mental space is good. Your body is feeling good. Like that is most important to me. Like these players are all uh, fantastic. You can spend a couple of weeks leading up, like really getting your, your throws and discs tuned up. Um, I think there's a few players who really should be putting all offseason, just, I mean, nonstop, like, that should be their main goal. Um, others, there's there's different things to do, but I, I think just getting rest and taking a break from disc golf and being active in other ways is good, whether that's your brand and helping ship discs, whether that's on social media doing other things, lots of options. Okay. I agree. Thank you for sharing that. Um, we did get Jeff Spring lined up here in the green room. Intern Ben, are we ready to unmute him? We're ready. And invite him in. Okay, let's bring him. Oh, there he is. Jeff Spring, welcome to the show, Jeff. It's never been... Let me put it this way. Has it ever felt better to be live production DGN crew after this weekend? <laughs> I just wanted to say. Um, <laughs> you know, we've we've had a long, uh, successful year, uh, and so we're just enjoying some uh, hard-earned week off action. So we're, we're feeling good. But. Absolutely. You guys earned – you've earned your way into status for obviously – I want to say probably just about the only, but the best live production for disc golf there is. And I think – that's something that had to be earned. We've seen a long journey with live production when uh, we were already talking about a Steve Dodge bringing it in house. There's a whole bunch to unpack there, but 
the whole journey through Smashbox to where we are today, I don't, I want to just say from our perspective, the Nick and Matt show, incredible job. Keep it up. Um, but that's not why we had you on today. Just, it just was fitting DG and hat and all. Um, so 2022, is this officially the end of the 22 season? Like as in like this weekend starts the 23 season. That's right. Yeah. It's a wraparound year. So we're starting the 2022, 23 season with points at Lake Marshall. Um, and we made a couple announcements last week. Uh, silver series is going to be worth uh, 50 points or, uh, we're actually just calling them silver events uh, this year because they're all part of the Disc Golf Pro Tour point system. Awesome. I saw Evan nice. off camera. If we can go to four up, actually, that's probably where Evan off camera gave this massive fist bump because when you said 22-23 season, that was a conversation we had on air tonight. Like, is that what it's now called? And then you just confirmed it. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. um, awesome. We're on the same page. Evan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just wanted an answer. And so I appreciate it. It, it yep. makes sense. You have to is what we decided on. You have to do that because of how stats and player of the year. We'll talk about that a little bit. The way that that comes down on a season, like it's over at this point. So like anything that happens after it's got to go to the next season. So cool. That's right. Um, man, there's so much I'd love for you to unpack here. Just maybe if you were to, on a scale of one to 10, rate how you feel or felt coming out of the full playoff uh, of its first year. So you had GMC, you had Maple Hill, and then you had the championship one through 10. How do you feel about like just the feeling? I don't know how to unpack that for you, but just like, what number do you give it? Um, I don't know if I'd (laughs) I'd throw a number out there, probably be. Um, aligned with feeling, you know, like it was a pilot year for the playoffs. Um, we feel fantastic about the year. We feel like, you know, probably eight, nine, ten about the year in different ways. Um, for the playoffs, I think, you know, we're going to keep seeing some uh, some tweaking, some fine tuning over the next few years to find out what what works the best. But overall, you know, success. I think that it was clear that there was a lot more movement at the end of the year, points wise, and that was a goal. Uh, we checked that box. Um, there's also more eyes and more attention, um, you know, bigger commitment from the players down the stretch uh, to hit the important events and, and know they're going to matter. So a, a lot of wins. I think that there's uh, fine tuning that we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. So uh, onward and upward, really. Yeah. Well, it was good enough to go into the 2023 season with the playoff events now happening. One different one this year being D-Glow as a playoff event now because the World Championships are heading out to Smugs later in 2023. Um, So obviously it was good enough success for you guys to say, you know what, we're going to do it again. We're going to roll with it. I guess one question is the Tour Championship switched from Hornet's Nest to Nevin Park. Is that something that are we going to see Nevin Park potentially on the schedule again next year or... Is the goal kind of to wrap it back to Hornet's Nest? Um, yeah, it, it's looking like Nevin Park again uh, for mm-hmm. next year. It is a better park to hold an event in in general. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think that long term we're going to try to move to uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour owned and operated courses. But as we get there, um, you know, we're going to be excited to return to Nevin. Um, one part about next year is that we're going to be new, using a new section of the park. So We'll have a few more open holes um, and tweak some of the some of the holes in between. Um, probably sub out three open, uh, sub out three wooded holes for three open holes, and uh, we already got a, a preliminary design on the books for the most part. There you go. Cool. Mm-hmm. So there's again, we could unpack a lot here. I hope you have the full night. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so 
I saw somebody post this, and I don't remember if it, I think it was one of your staff members at the Disc Golf Pro Tour, but just talking about the numbers of staff now, does that number stand out to you? Like what, what, how many staff members do you have now at the Disc Golf Pro Tour? And I guess DGN combined, unless you don't do it that way. Yeah, um, no, I mean, we, we do it combined. You know, DGN is a part of the Disc Golf Pro Tour uh, organization, and we're around 40 and about 20 recurring contractors generally. Um, you know, it takes a lot of investment in, in not just technology, but, you know, uh, human resources to, to recur, to like do that many uh, live shows. I mean, we did over 30 weekends um, well over half the year you know we're live it seems like you know in terms mm -hmm. of weekends so um you know just we're figuring out ways not to burn out operationally um you know on our media team and uh, you know getting some redundancy you know kind of across our entire organization whether it's you know equipment or or, or human resources so yeah I, I think that it's necessary um you know we've we've found a way to do this um to the point where we're a little less uh, you know, kind of exhausted and burnt out now than we were last year. And I think the goal would be to, you know, continue to, you know, build sustainability. You know, that's one of our core values is sustainability for, you know, our organizations, so our employees, but mm -hmm. not only our employees, but, our, you know, our partnerships um, in the players. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're always thinking about how can we be more sustainable? How can we build systems and structures that are going to allow us to continue to grow? Um, and, and it's a responsibility to the sport too. So, mm -hmm. you know, we want to, keep things moving in the right direction um for for our piece of it are, are you are you guys hiring i mean is 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 um hiring something you you're like thinking about do you have like big plans for a new position like i'm i might be free i don't know i mean just <laughs> where are you guys at with that of course we like to say we're, we're always hiring um you know if there's great talent out there that wants to you know kind of buy into the mission of the tour um, in our organization and, and what vision we have for the sport, you know, we, we always want them to reach out. Uh, we've got a disc golf pro tour hiring site and there's always general, uh, you know, interest applications available. Uh, but we will be going into like a regular hiring phase. Um, people should expect to see job postings hit probably mid November. And, um, we hope to, you know, make the majority of our hires before the, the holidays before January 1st. And, um, some of that will inevitably trickle over into early January, but mm -hmm. uh, we like to have enough time to get on onboarding and training done. Um, but yeah, we, we, we have to be thoughtful. Um, you know, I think right now we're at a place in our organization's history where we're going to grow, um, you know, kind of according to our success. So if we're able to, you know, kind of be smart about our expenditures and, and how many people we, we do bring on, um, you know, we're going to be able to continue to expand. So, uh, it's, it's thoughtful growth at this point. I think like last year, like most companies, if you talk to manufacturers, for instance, they would say, Hey, we doubled our staff, you know, and, and right now I think that the acceleration, uh, is still happening. The growth is still, you know, you know, happening for the sport, but you know, how fast, you know, it's not 250%, it's maybe 25%, um, growth. So, you know, it's wow. interesting to watch that and, and how I think uh, the companies across the industry are, you know, watching the the pace of growth throughout the industry. Could we, th first of all, thank you for sharing that. I could hear it well enough. You're, you have a weird little distortion going on. We tried a few resets on our side. If you don't mind, it should be easy enough. Just click out and click back into this link again. Just start it back up. See if we can fix your audio that way. If you can give that a try. We'll do. Okay, Sorry, cool. Guys. No, it's Sorry. all good. No, you're good. Okay. 
So he's hiring. Wait, make him feel bad, Matt. Yeah, you, well, oh, it's my. our audience who's <laughs> feeling Wait, Matt, bad. Their ears are bleeding. Is Jeff our boss? Yeah. <laughs> he said contractors. That's me and Matt, right? Yeah. Are we part yeah. of it? Yeah, we're part of the contractors. Yeah. So yeah, technically, you need part to free of the up some budget. Jeff's our boss. Okay. He'll probably, if, if it's fixed, the audio's fixed. If it's not fixed, we're rolling with it. But I just wanted to give mm -hmm. it a best go here before we did the whole thing that way. Started out fine. Um, no, yeah. I was going to say it just like weirdly all of a sudden became yeah. crackle. We tried to reset on our side. Like you probably noticed mm -hmm. it if you're watching live. <laughs> yeah. Like we actually killed the camera and brought it back on, but didn't fix it. So, staff 40 is a significant number when you think about like actual paid staff members now i didn't say how many are full-time but staff is staff they're paying people to do a job yep. that's pretty incredible and they're still hiring so i think that's important yep. that they continue to hire as he said he knows it um mm -hmm. <clears throat> his review of the playoffs interesting as well um he didn't want to give me a number <laughs> all right can you hear us jeff you. Can okay. you guys hear me? Yes. All right. And, and it yep. sounds better. We'll see yep. how long it lasts. It's perfect. Okay. Um, so uh, I'm still on the road, so I'm, I'm tuning in from a uh, uh, motel here. So okay. That's um, good. be that's back good. in Vermont eventually, but hopefully the connection holds. Yeah, that's okay. And I mean, I was going to say, if this is your house, I appreciate the uh, curtain decorations. I mean, it's pretty trendy. It's the nice olive green with brown swirls. Beautiful. <laughs> so... The best of uh, Western North Carolina. Okay. There you go. Okay. Um, so staff numbers, you're continuing to hire. Smart guy, obviously. You don't need me to say that. I think it's important for a growing organization, and you're doing that. That's awesome. Um, so where do I go with this? Let's give you an opportunity to talk about on tour. That seems like a pretty big investment from my perspective. I don't have any insider knowledge besides the fact I keep seeing it get promoted. And I was able to talk to some of the producers and the cameramen uh, when they were up here at MVP Open. Sounds like it's a pretty big investment. Like, what is your hope for this? And like, it's it's coming out soon, right? It's coming out soon. And and before I dive in, how's my connection? Because I just went on the hotel Wi-Fi, so just it's double checking. Can the connection, okay? the connection itself is worse for your video, but we can hear you fine. So it's up to you what you want to try to do here. Like you're jumpy. Like yeah, the, let me, the let me give jumping. one more one more try. Yeah. Okay. I'll give it one more try. Um, yeah. Let me hop out, hop back in. Yeah. If it, if Not it a problem. doesn't work, we'll just proceed. Yeah, okay. that's fine. Um, <clears throat> so I asked him about on tour because I'm sure many of you have seen it as well. It actually looks incredible. Like if you're into disc golf and you're into the tour, have you guys seen the promotions for that? Nick or Evan? Nick? Yeah. No. Yeah, which, yeah. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be cool, Ooh. man. It's um, it's like a docu-series of on tour. Like, it's like tour life. They interview players at all the stops. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah a lot of people, I might a lot of people, be in that a little bit. <laughs> nice. Waco? No. A lot of people are going to no. tie it to Drive to Survive, which is the F1 docu-series. Yes. I know that was the um, That's kind of been the, the yes. really big hit that has gotten that sport into the American market. Uh, so I, I, it's not the only one to do that. You know, there's there's other ones like, you know, Hard Knocks and uh, where else can you go? I mean, like Sunderland Till I Die on Netflix, but we'll let uh, Jeff. You would be it. smart to copy things that are successful. And I don't know if that's what happened here, Jeff, but it's being announced soon, right? I mean, as in like coming out soon. Yeah, it's coming out at the end of the month here, uh, six episodes. And to answer your question, um, we designed this for our subscribers, you know, primarily. And we, and the thought is, is, 
you know, we do want to spread uh, distribution of not just our live media and competition media, but of other media, you know, past the endemic market, past the market of disc golf um, and bring in new fans through it. I think you guys are, are right. You know, there's examples of something similar in the past. Hopefully we do, you know, it uh, our way and, and have, you know, something that's true to the sport and, and, and our voice. Uh, we got a talented team working on it and uh, really proud of the effort so far. Uh, I think we're, we're close to the finish line here. And uh, the idea is just, you know, hey, uh, our subscribers really got us here. And I think that when we go uh, to national distributors, whether it's like large streamers or broadcasters, uh, they generally want exclusivity without really giving us the benefits of, you know, that our subscribers give us and it, that has helped us grow the network and, and grow the tour. So uh, we wanted to create something that was designed to, you know, give the subscribers some real valuable content in the off season. And um, that's how it was born. I think that once um, subscribers uh, who are our focus and, and, you know, our priority, you know, are able to view it and give us our feedback, um, you know, perhaps, you know, I'll have another, another life, um, you know, on a different type of distribution, but like right now uh, we're excited to debut it for uh, the subscribers that stick with us uh, through the off season, really. Yeah. Speaking of subscribers, I'm, have you seen the numbers continue to grow year after year? Is it doing, is health, is DGN healthy? DGN's, yeah, very healthy. In fact, you know, we were talking about those industry growth metrics and I think it's definitely on the higher side. So, um, you know, we, we see uh, very healthy growth. Uh, we've, we've gone over 40,000, which was our goal uh, for the end of the year into, uh, you know, into the forties. And, um, you know, we're hoping to retain as many as we can in the off season and mm -hmm. um, get, get them back uh, in bigger numbers next year. Uh, and hopefully keep, keep putting a high number on that, uh, on that goal board. So, uh, it's been, it's been great growth. Awesome. So, so over the last few years, we've had the pro tour championships and every single year, the payout has increased by a significant amount and it's made for these incredible end of the year celebrations and end of the year tournaments, the style of it. Um, and now we've had outside sponsors being the major sponsors of these tournaments. Like this year was the Barbasol. Um, talk to us about how that partnership kind of came into fruition. And when do you think we'll see that kind of partnership for not just a tour championship, but say, you know, the, some other term, let's say the Las Vegas challenge presented by Barbersol or something like that. Are we going to start seeing that more or the Barbersol open or something like that? You know, when do we feel like we're going to see these outside sponsorships taking more in the elite series aspect rather than towards the end of it? Yeah, I, I think each year we'll have a little bit more inroads. I think True Bank at Des Moines, a regional uh, mm -hmm. bank was a big step this year. Um, LL Bean and Johnsonville were back with us this year at the Tour Championship talking mm -hmm. about doing more. Um, so I think, you know, you could expect one or two, you know, more inroads to be made per year. Um, you know, I think maybe at some point uh, we'll have a bigger jump. Uh, but right now we're actually focused on trying to you know, bring in a bigger partner for the tour uh, for 2023, um, similar to that FedEx Cup level uh, partner that, you know, we we see the PGA Tour have for their their playoff stretch and their point series. And mm -hmm. um, I, you know, honestly, I think we've got a, a ready made product for the for uh, for a partner. And this is going to be our first year really selling that. And so it'd be exciting to see a non endemic partner come on board. I think that that could open a little bit uh, more of the floodgates and allow that to trickle down to more events. Uh, but no, you know, Nick, you're right. There's um, there's 
you know, probably a future where there's more and more, uh, you know, kind of non disc golf related title sponsors of events. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm, we're looking forward to it. You know, we're working with our event teams to, uh, kind of create, you know, better and better conditions for that to bubble up and, and happen naturally. A lot of it is relationship based with Barbasol. Um, you know, it was kind of one of the first times we went through an avenue that wasn't just like, oh, the vice president of marketing loves disc golf. You know, <laughs> um, it, it was through a, a relationship we started with um, CSMG, who is a, a partnership in marketing uh, firm for you know leagues or brands like ours and, and mostly colleges and esports and and emerging sports leagues and um, they're fantastic to work with. Sean Jack is the lead on that, and I think mm -hmm. you guys have talked to him. Maybe not on this show, but I think you've spoken to this before. Yes, and mm -hmm. um, yeah, they're uh, they're they were great, and and we're working right now actively with them on 2023. Um, so I think in terms of accelerants, you know, this relationship where we're hopeful is going to deliver, you know, kind of more, uh, more bear more fruit, if you will, um, <laughs> than just kind of, you know, fi finding out what, uh, you know, CEOs and, and CMOs and, uh, and people across executive uh, boardrooms yeah. play disc golf, because that is actually, a, you know, a great inroads uh, for a lot of companies actually to get into the sport and advertising. So it's, it's funny. Uh, but I think we're, we're taking a step beyond that now. And, uh, I think it'll it'll pay off. So uh, two cool. two things came to mind was McDonald's. McDonald's <laughs> would make a great large sponsorship, and I, we talked about that, joked about it last week. Make the big like golden arches and players could be sponsored by McDonald's. And then the other thing that made me laugh here, and it's not totally related to you, Jeff, but on the show we used to be sponsored and advertised uh, with manscaped and someone said the manscaped open at maple hill and i'm like oh no so hey we'll take it we'll take anybody if the price or the yeah. situation the partnership's right but um that's just yeah. a funny one to see make it out there so well barbasol it worked really well because there True. was just so many tie-ins to um dying uh discs True. So a lot of people mm -hmm. use shaving cream and then you know also uh we had a close shave activation uh, on the live broadcast, <laughs> yeah. which was really well executed. So I think it does matter that it was like a product that uh, disc golfers, you know, may may use. And I've, I've heard yeah. a lot more people talking about using Barbasol now. I've actually always used it. And this is not, I'm not getting paid to say that. I've just always <laughs> used Barbasol. Do you have any nearby yeah. to smack on? That was a great opportunity that they took advantage of. So I'm glad people like I, you know, that wasn't planned, but I was a little worried. I was like, is this kind of like, like too silly? But I think it, I think it worked. Think it, worked. it was silly, but, yeah, we're, but it's a moment, but it was a moment. You know what I mean? Like it was silly and you're like, uh, but it was a moment. It, it worked. So, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're hoping, we're hoping to bring Barbasol back uh, for next year. And uh, so far, so good. I think that everything we've heard is that they're very, very happy with how it went. So, okay. Let's do this because your time's valuable. You're on the road. I, I'm just excited that is this this is the first year, at least, that I have been invited as a contractor for DGN on League Night to vote as a media member uh, for like players of the year, most improved player, etc. This is the first year that that's happened, right? Or is this just the first year I was invited? <laughs> yeah, no, it's the first year ever. You never were not invited. <laughs> No, we started it last year. I don't know why. I don't. I don't pick the vote. It's all so, good. It's all good. You know, I, I in my head, I, it didn't stand out. Is, yeah, no, it, it did happen last year. We uh, we started uh, getting media votes in, and like for some of the end of the season awards, 
there's fan votes that are integrated. Um, there's media votes. Um, and then standings, you know, matter and points matter. So mm -hmm. it's a blend. Uh, I'm pretty sure we have an explainer out there. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. yeah, thank you for participating. You know, not everybody, and if you don't vote, if you get a vote and you, apparently if you don't return your vote, you won't get asked to vote next year. Right. Just as an oh, hey, no, and I took it. And Evan, have you voted yet? Yes. Okay. I, I voted almost right away. Okay. Almost right away. He didn't yeah. need any more information because they're stat Mando, but. <laughs> exactly. He's I, crunching yeah. the stats. He probably knew before we released the award. Yeah. Numbers, you know? I, I had some picks already before the ballots came out. Yeah. I was thinking about <laughs> yeah. it ahead of time. So on my side, I did. I took it seriously. And I, I appreciate that. The fact that that DGN or DGPT is taking it seriously to where they'll even say that. Like, hey, like if you don't take this seriously, like we're not going to have you back. I think you need to create this status level of like, it's an honor and a privilege. And I think we see that in other sports. Um, and I think the longer this goes on, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. This is my takeaway, Jeff, and you're on here. We're going to let you go soon. If media votes, right, or we're going to see separately, like how media voted. Is that correct? Or no? Um, I'm not sure. Okay. So I'm not going to speak out. The reason terms, I'm curious but, uh, is I feel like media might vote differently than the way, let's say, fans or even points per perception was, right? And so it could be like, well, everyone in media thinks this, but this is what happened. So I think it's interesting, at least from my perspective, to see how it might unfold. I think it's a great thing that you're doing there. Um, last question from us here is new things. Like, is there anything on the tip that you're like, we're getting ready to uh, like make it happen or you're going to see it next year that's new and we're excited about? And maybe if there's nothing like that, I mean, like player cards and things like that or tour cards, like, are they going to become more like, I want to use the word more meaningful? Like, can you just speak to any new things that might be coming? Well, the playoffs and the tour cards were, were both kind of pilot programs last year. So they're going to expand. Uh, we're going to be putting out some, you know, announcements out in the next couple of weeks about, you know, tour cards for not only 2023, but 2024 as well. Um, you know, in terms of new stuff next year, I, I you know, I do think that we'll take, uh, we kind of brought it in this year a little bit more and, um, you know, really focus on the Disc Golf Network subscription and figuring out, you know, what else, you know, subscribers really enjoy, um, you know, and focus on producing a lot of live golf and uh, even into this off season. Um, so, you know, we didn't do a lot of non-endemic, you know, distribution of media. It was like really our core media strategy. But I do feel that next year we will kind of distribute wider, maybe to streaming services, maybe to national broadcasters. Uh, we're trying to focus on getting the live coverage prepared to distribute outside of of this golf network. But, um, you know, we'll talk more about that when that comes up. One new thing is that, you know, for the tour card, um, we will be announcing, a, a, you know, a bit of a qualifying series um, as a way to get your tour card. You know, and that will come with the announcement I referred to a little earlier. Um, so yeah, just a little bit of a preview for the, for the Nick and Matt show fans out there. Um, you know, I, what else, uh, you know, we're, <laughs> yeah, what else? <laughs> yeah. What else? There's, <laughs> there's, you're just like looking for anything new. Yeah. I mean, any, we, oh, anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Just, we want the first, first sip of the tea. Well, it's just mm. like, you've been working on projects, I guess. And maybe it stands out to me that there isn't anything that you guys are like, it's it's a it's a machine that's just constantly growing and and you're not looking to do a rollout. Let's say, is there any? There's, so there's nothing that's like, hey, we're rolling this out next year. 
That's if it's not in your mind, um, it's probably not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nothing that I'm I'm willing to divulge. Oh, that's what I wanted. <laughs> where, where <I've> gone. <laughs> That's what I kept digging um, for. Don, give us something. Yeah, give I, the I fans. would say I would say there will be there'll certainly be you know newsworthy announcements okay. coming. Awesome. That will shock and surprise you. Wow, that's what, yeah, all right. Ooh. So now you're giving us something about, about, about something like when no, that's way too much teasing now. That's, yeah, exactly. Maybe <laughs> I went too far. I should have just, you know used less intriguing adjectives. One thing I do want to ask is for the fans at home to vote for my backdrop as best backdrop on Nick and Matt Show 2020. Whoa, 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 whoa! You can go full screen. Ben. <laughs> I have yeah, Ben's, to say Ben's got that. a rotating backdrop. Go full screen. Oh, whoa. There it is. Woo. Sorry, okay. I'm, I'm no, full background. I'm at, you're actually my boss. I contract. I'm a, I produce League Night as well. So nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to yes. meet you. <laughs> killing it. Thank you, guys. Yeah, All right. You're, you guys are killing League Night. I, uh, I I love to tune in as much as possible. Um, it's too much and, media, uh, Jeff. I think it's getting <laughs> too much media. Well, yeah. for, for you to consume like yourself, you know what I mean. You'd have to watch yeah. disc golf. Too much media for any one human. Yes. Yeah, for any one human yeah. to consume at this point, you gotta. That's good. You gotta have your favorites, and you gotta pick and choose. But exactly. Yeah. And so we appreciate the fans who tune in to Nick and Matt every week. And Jeff, we thank you very much for your time. Uh, you're always a great guest. We had someone come in earlier tonight and said you are one of their, or if not their, favorite podcast guest ever. I guess that's on all platforms, but either way, thank you for coming wow. on. All so. right. That's one. That's, I'm, I at least got one person. <laughs> it's true. It go. Just take that. We can make, you know, you can sleep yeah. with it and just know it's someone out there. <laughs> so awesome. we, well, we, thanks we, for having me guys. Thank you. Absolutely. Will you be up at Lake Marshall? Um, I will not be at Lake Marshall. No, Exclusive. Uh, but I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I know that it's going to be a great event to kick off the 2022, 23, yep golf right through your season so. awesome 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 i hope your annual review goes well and you get the raise you've been praying for okay <laughs> i have no idea i'm just saying it's the end of the year and everyone gets yeah. their annual reviews i feel like maybe not maybe we're not there yet but yes good job Jeff. We're, we're in we're in review season and we're we're we're, ex- we're excited to be so. awesome Awesome, man. Well, thanks again. Hopefully you'll be able to tease out some more information. Maybe we'll get you on in a month or two and we'll talk about all this new surprising stuff. This is a good time. You guys can get me, you know, once a month. We'll reach out out to our sources and we'll find out what they're telling us is happening that you're not. And then we'll just compare them. (laughs) Just kidding. All All right, right, man. Thank you very much. See you later. All right. Have a good, good good travel. Safe travel. I don't know. We, we could also just find like a disgruntled employee. Maybe they'll give us all the tea. You know, we could just have what? him give us all the information. We'll pay them like 500,000 bucks or something. We'll get all the cool 000? information. Bribery, no, 500 or 1,000. Oh, we are not worth 500,000. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, wow. So. Okay. Fun. Fun times with Jeff. I will say this. Uh, apologies probably not required, but for his audio, how do I throw that at a guess? But we tried everything on our side. <laughs> It, it was not Better our than side. Mason Productions, it was like right? me. It was Mason. like me. It was what he was sending us. We couldn't do anything with it. But mm-hmm. what? Remember when I was at um, Junior Worlds and I? No, I was traveling. But either way, I went to a hotel and you guys were like, "Dude, your voice sounds like robotic and messed up." Like, yeah, I do yeah, it too. Yeah. That's my point. I'll throw myself under the bus. It, it has something to do with hotels because that's what happened to me. I think it has to do with the big air conditioner mm-hmm. unit. Like when you're sitting near it, I think it just screws everything up. So, but. We did hear him, and there's a lot of cool insights. Dude, he said, there will be things that will shock us. And shock and awe. For yeah. And now am I reading in that to, to that too, too much? Like, Wait, I'm too excited. I agree. Yeah, now, now all of a sudden I'm just like, well, 
now I really want to know because I, like, I do love I do love to know some drama. I do love to know the tea about certain things. And uh, now I'm just like, okay, what are these exciting announcements? Well, We're getting the Pepsi Cup or something. Like it's gonna be that big, right? right? As long as it's Coca Cola, I'd much rather prefer <laughs> Ooh, that. What about the Dr. Pepsi Pepper? Cup? Okay, the Discira Open what in Elite Series? Yeah, the Discira <laughs> Open 2023. So I asked him, and I kept pushing, and I was like. I'm like, Jeff, it's really telling. If, like, nothing comes to your mind, then I guess you guys aren't doing anything. And he's like, you can see. <laughs> you can see. He's like, he trapped me. Like, I got to yeah. say we're like, doing dang, something. I got to say something. Like, yeah, I got to say we're exactly. doing something. And so yep. that's cool to hear. I, I expected that they're always continuing to grow. But I guess he said shocked, surprised. So it sounds like there will be some really cool stuff. Um. Mm-hmm. All right. That was – I kind of – it's probably good we cut it short for him. Like, as in, like, that was 30 minutes or so, but his audio was just a little much. People said they were bearing through it, and we appreciate you guys no. listening. Yeah, I mean, we appreciate it. wasn't that there's bad a, to me. The good stuff is worth, yes. is worth it. Okay, I agree. It was great. It was good. Be patient. Hang in there. You can do it. I believe in all you fans listening. Yes. Record that. Let's just grab that audio clip after when ben, when Evan says that. Just, you can do it. Be patient. You got this. <laughs> like, just pump yourself up in the morning with, like, an alarm. Yeah. An alarm yeah. of Evan. <laughs> Wait, no. I think oh, what geez. happened was Mason Productions kind of hacked into our server. Uh, and they didn't like it. Ouch. Okay. We were talking crap. So let's see. Here we go. Get out the this the player list here. Oh, Just think through it. a few of these. Names to watch out for for sponsorship deals. Kyle Klein just did a four year, right? Or is it five? Four year. Five year. One of those. Through is this twenty twenty two is through twenty twenty six. I don't remember how long it is, but he just did a deal. And what's interesting is I think we might start to see like Calvin Heimberg, right? They did a deal. I think we're going to start to see companies being like, we need to secure way early because once we let our players get to anywhere exactly. near, that's a good point, Matt, to get that's anywhere near it, yep. then they start having those conversations. So I feel like that's what's happening here with these players now. So there are players who are probably going to be up. I actually don't have them listed. This is for us to just discuss, but I almost don't feel like it's as big of a deal anymore to say, like, who's up on their contract? Let's look at them. Where are they going? I feel like we saw with Ricky. Um, we saw with Katrina. We saw with Chris Dickerson. Uh, I'm trying to think last year. It just kept going. Um, we could list everybody that happened last year. but Andrew Marweed was a big switch. Yes. And I guess my point is, do we have any feelings? This is very early. We're not going to do every episode talking about like sponsor deals. Do we have any feelings towards like a player who might be interested in leaving? And I'm just going down the list and nobody's fully standing out to me. Like Corey Ellis had a pretty standout year for himself, but I don't think he's leaving Discraft. Like I feel like that's where he's going to be. Has he been stay. promoted to the Elite Series the team already? Right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he yeah, he could potentially going into next year. I think the way that oh, he isn't yet for 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 how he he isn't currently no. Mm. But same thing, like Aaron had an incredible finish over at Worlds. He had a great year just consistently throughout the year. I mean, that's someone that you could also think would potentially make it if they stay with Discraft could make it up to the elite team. They will hundred percent, or else they're well, leaving. <laughs> let's let's talk one here that would be a really big name, but Brody Smith. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to go back to the McClap back earlier this year when there was, <laughs> I like him throwing this with my name on it. Yeah. Um, like I, I am serious. Like, I, I don't He's know. Like, I don't like it. Like how he feels, but I, I think it's a good match. I think it, it was some fun Twitter beef. Uh, so I'm not saying I think he's going to leave, but that would be an interesting story, right? He would be someone mm-hmm. who would definitely could or would. I, I think. I don't think he would. I think he's getting more with so. Discraft yeah. than he'll get anywhere else. That's my that's my current take. But you're right. That is a that was a good idea to bring it up. I, I'm going down the list all the way up to like 30th in the Disc Golf Pro Tour standings, and there's a lot of names in there. I feel like Chris Clemens like played pretty good for himself this year. Yep. I feel like with a DD sponsorship, he's probably staying there. But mm-hmm. that's a name that I'd put as that's I, a I don't good know. Point, man. That's two for two. <laughs> All right, Chris Here. Clemens is I, a good offseason point. I got one. We're gonna go for it. We're gonna flip the script a little bit when we're talking about dynamic discs. Valerie Mandahano had Ooh. an incredible year. Yes. And I just want to, oh, yes. you know, I do not know details, but when it comes to oh, contract numbers, I, no, I I'm, feel I'm like it was a one year like deal. Contract right? numbers, um, it one or two years, I forget what it was, but yeah. contract details when it comes to, let's say, Kona's contract versus what Valerie's contract is or could potentially be in the future. I mean, how many Elite Series events or Silver Series events did Valerie end up winning this year? I mean, she did play a very, very good season with some incredible finishes especially towards the back end of the year. I mean, making it into the Pro Tour uh, finale and everything like that. So all around incredible year by her to where I think any other sponsorship and her sponsorship now would want to throw more money. That I'm going to throw this out, though, is I'm pretty sure that she's with Beacon Sports. I know mm-hmm. Mason is, and so I would assume she is too. Um, but Beacon just locked down two big names to stay with their companies, being Calvin Heimberg and Cal Klein. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, that was still during this season, so maybe that was the reason. And if you're trying to switch sponsors, that doesn't really happen until after. But I don't know. Beacon might have something where he's just really good with the words to get re-signs happening and really, really pushes that. But it's not always going to be that way, too. But I think that's a good one, though. I agree. I agree. That, how many? Um, yeah. How many? How many contracts do we think are going to get released? Publicly open Only? contracts. So we kind of, what do we have? Four or five players in the world right now well, who can have open contracts. I uh, believe now that, awesome now that sports agencies are being much more heavily involved. I mean, I'm just curious what, what that looks they like. Are we going to see? They won't do it unless uh, this is my opinion. I think it was last yeah. year, similar opinion. They won't do it unless it is in that $500,000 range yeah. for four years. Like, because mm-hmm. that's right now the minimum where people will laugh at it yeah i feel like it's because that's a, i mean it's a good pay one hundred twenty five thousand yeah. dollars to play disc golf but like if you're yeah. announcing it like here's how much money i'm Kyle's, getting kyle's klein was announced uh he's gonna be making over a hundred thousand dollars each it, year it was vague in that sense. Yeah, it was vague but they did say a hundred thousand well remember drew yeah. gibson millions over the lifetime yeah so, <laughs> like, okay i'm sorry i'm laughing yeah Okay, here's yeah, another name. Contracts with the bonus structures can be super vague anyways, yes. like the million dollar one. Because they have to say what it's potentially worth. Okay, Chandler mm-hmm. Kramer is a wild card for this because he has demonstrated he has the, f- I'll use a very high skill level. Chandler, if you're watching, obviously you're better than me. So that's all I'm saying is I'm not basing it on <laughs> yes, that. Yes, I would agree with that. Like I'm not basing it. To say that, I, this is what I do. I talk and I watch you play. Your performance has been really good. This is your first season that stands out at all. And you're, you're not happy with it, I'm sure, but 35th place in the Pro Tour standings. But you had yeah. some impressive finishes that he made. He caught the eye of sponsors. 
Now, I don't think he demonstrated enough that like a big deal would be made. And so I think Lone Star, that's his sponsor, right? Correct. Lone Star Discs. So Lone Star, though, I think will up what they're doing for him. And I don't know that he'll announce it. I don't know that he'll announce it, but like I think that will happen. So he'll probably get an up there. Um, so slightly, I, slightly out of what we were talking about, which is like new sponsor deals. But I think that's I have a name for you that yeah. I think I have a name too. Wait, but okay. you go stay on Chandler for a second. Oh, yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Wrap, Chandler. Up Chandler. Oh, okay. wrap up Chandler. Oh, so I was gonna say. I mean, I think Matt was just saying that, that he doesn't know if they would announce it. I don't think they would announce the exact money, but I would love to see it. I think that'd be great. But at the same time, I think publicity-wise, for a company like that to back a player who, you know, they don't have a full lineup of discs. I think they're actually getting pretty close to it, but just saying like, hey, we fully supported the Green Machine this year, and we're ready for him to come back on a better sponsorship, better deal, and everything like that. I mean, Chandler at that point is, you know, the face of the company when it comes to a player, and so showing that support publicly, I think it would be a very good business move. He is the face. For both. Okay. And I have company. now thought of someone else, but I'm going to let Evan or I, mean, I think it was just, I'll just say mine real quick. Okay. Number seven in the world, Joel Freeman. He's currently with Innova. I wouldn't be surprised if he no leaves. No way. I, I, why, what's, what's keeping him there? He, he, he has all the tour discs with him already. Like He I only mean, has a glow gator. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> nothing. I'm just saying seventh in the world. But he's only, he's only on team so. champion. Hmm. So, I mean, that's why he, he had a good year, though. But I, I think that's a good one. I'm going to throw out one more, though, and I'm going to go to Jason Hebenheimer, also Jake Hebenheimer. I wish we could decide on one name for AKA him. A.K.A. Schmeagle, uh, I guess. That's his nickname. We heard him. We what? didn't give it to him. We didn't give it to him. I guess people at the distance called, they're going, Schmeags. This know, guy, he improved so much from last way. year to this year. I like People might not know, he had a double-digit starts last year on tour. Uh, and this year he comes out and raised his average rating by 38 points, his average rating on tour. Uh, his C1X putting percentage went up by 20%. The shovel putt, uh, this by the dude, way. He put in the work, yeah, right? Like, he he's unique enough with the shovel putt. He's an incredible thrower. I mean, with the new stat that I still don't actually know how it was, cal- uh, how it was uh, calculated, but it was deciding the million-dollar shot at uh, Maple Hill – he was one of the top six players that made it. So he's good at driving. He just, his putting just got a lot better. Uh, he's showing up on tour. He made the the playoffs. He was good enough to play or good. Sorry. He was good enough to make the play in at the tour championship. Of course, the playoffs as well. Um, I is, I don't even know his sponsor. Is it dynamic Dis? Am I right? No, I don't know either. See, like, does he even have a sponsor? And this is my point. I think is, he might be a mixed bag guy or like a pro shop. Yeah, one, but I'm I, pretty sure he's a mixed bag thrower. Cause I think he is primed yeah. to get one of those new deals from, or sorry, a, a deal from one of these new companies. I'm thinking like Clash, Lone Star. Um, I mean, there's probably a few others I'm thinking about. Those are kind of the big two that I'm I'm thinking. But or it could just be someone other. It could be a lot of options. But I'm gonna go with like a Clash, Lone Star, that kind of deal is gonna pick this guy up, and he's gonna make a solid penny. I, have I got to, one. I when, got, uh, and I gotta Matt, ask. You said you had one though. Yeah, I gotta right? ask the Discraft guy in the room here. Does Discraft have any, like, uh, I'm sure it's some level, but do they have any big name non-US players that are, like, on their, like, elite or, star, like, whatever their high team is? Like, I can't think of any. Like, if you think of, like, a Manabu with Prodigy? I'm thinking, I'm thinking of, like, here's my hot, hot take. And I have no idea why this would happen, but I think it would be cool for Discraft. I'm thinking Discraft specifically because I don't think they have a player like that. It would be, like, Niklas Antila. Like, 
going I was just about to say, that's, that's actually who I should have said. Like, if Discmania has Nicholas or, like, Latitude has Linus and all of them, I think a lot of companies like that, especially the Trilogy, Prodigy has a whole on manufacturer warehouse. I mean, they have Prodigy Disc Europe. Discmania is also a company that originally was based out of there, and now their plastic is being made out that way. I think with Discraft being an American-made company and solely focused right now where their warehouse is in Michigan and everything like that, I think it's been harder for them to obtain a player of that caliper. Ship them a thousand discs, get it over with, and then just send them money every now and then. I mean, yeah, it could be. <laughs> then maybe they sign one this year. Who knows? But yeah. off the top of my head, I actually I, I understand what you're saying. I can't think of one. Who knows? Off the top of my head. Does, like uh, does Julio know? Does Bob know? I mean, yeah. yeah, Bob would know. He's the team manager. <laughs> I'll send him a message. He would say to... yes or no to me. Let's yeah. send him a message. Is we get? Yeah. I think Discraft Splash is a big European this this off season. They have money. They probably still have more money. They're not tapped out. They wouldn't do, they? do that with yeah, their deals. I don't know. But I think they're just reinvesting. Innova's got yeah. international. DD is like kind of in that because of the whole Latitude sixty four that whole trilogy mm-hmm. thing. Right. Prodigy does. So I'm just like. I was just thinking, what does Discraft have? So that's why I was thinking. I, I got my last one, one slash two. I'm going to put them as a combo one, and then I think that's all I got. But <laughs> either Evelina, Salinas, no. I, that wasn't me. That was bad. Never gets, never gets old. Either Evelina, Salinas, or Hedda Blomroos. I mean, one, they're incredibly Ooh, good, and they are points. there at the top any week they want. They're, uh, they're incredibly good drivers. So, yeah, you want your best throwers thrown your disc, but two. And I think this is the big one. Is how good does it look if they start getting a putter and that they're confident with? Like, let's say they switch to DD and are putting with the Warden or something, or they're going to Discraft and they're with the Discraft putter. I'm really bad <laughs> <Challenger>. at Challenger. <laughs> Challenger, thank you. Yeah. Uh, and they're doing that. And like, how good that looks. Um, I mean, it, either one of them with a putter, I think. I think would be better than Kristen Tatar um, overall. Maybe not as consistent as Tatar is, but better overall. Mm-hmm. So that We're would be exciting. That there, my last, my last one on well, the MPO. Yes, that would come yeah. with it. Yeah. My last one on the MPO side of things, and then I'll go down the FPO list. But my last one on the MPO side is Thomas Gilbert. I could see making a switch from Prodigy, like as in one year later, kind of a thing. Didn't he just do that last yeah. year? Yeah. I mean, there have been there have been plenty Probably of players who deal, signed yeah. with a company and they're just like, you know what, this really is not working for me. And I think some players are smart enough, like, all right, let's take Cole Rodolin for a second. Yeah. Cole Rodolin with the putter. Something something mid year was like, wow, I, I actually, even though they're paying me money, I really cannot make this work. And upped out of that contract. So now Thomas Gilbert, someone who hasn't had a horrible year don't get me wrong he's played 37 events he's made 20 grand or excuse me i think it was 23 grand you know had some good top five top 10 finishes but nothing that was like you know oh my gosh wow we see you know thomas almost taken down an event but at the same time i feel like his consistency a little bit faded off this year um didn't make as much of a splash as we saw the two years prior yeah i agree and uh i don't know so thomas gilbert would be someone that I also think because Prodigy out of nowhere got these that pretty much out of nowhere got these this star team that no one's expecting and Thomas is kind of falling on the wayside so he might want to get more marketing. But he just left Innova, went to Prodigy. He's buying. He bought like thirteen of uh, Big Germs Halo bosses, but he did say it's an investment. Yeah, he recognized a good investment. (laughs) He does. He does that for so many different. Yeah, he did that. I wouldn't read into it. 
like I just want to react because I we're it. so excited. We're all talking these. I wanted to react to Evan's take. I honestly am struggling a lot with the take of Evelina or Henna. Now, I'm not struggling with your like the way you supported your take, but in my mind, they are Innova through and through. Now, you could say like that was a Paul Macbeth thing, but Paul, there was a lot that went into that to where it was like people didn't think it would ever happen. But if you were a little bit behind the scenes, you knew some of the, I won't use the word turmoil, but things that were coming <laughs> into play there to really make it like all the parts came together in a big, big deal. So I think for Evelina, I don't see that personality in her that she's like driven to make that big deal. Um, so Just I don't wait. Corey I wouldn't say this. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know why. I, I'm curious about your mentality towards that because I think any single one of these players right now, especially with the you know Evelina or Henna, if they're offered a pretty fat amount of money to switch to a sponsorship, I think that allows them to think about their future more and everything. I I think 98 percent of the people. In how much are they right going to be offered though? Like how much? This is kind of my point. Is like driven towards it would have to be the big deal, and Henna. Mm -hmm. Would be most likely, it's tough. She had a great, you know, half back half of the season, kind of like a Missy Gannon mm -hmm. did. So, like, if I was rolling my dice, I feel like Henna would be the more attractive buy low, get high kind of a thing. As in, like, they're like, hey, you had a good last half of the season, but we're not offering it you like you had the best season, right? Mm -hmm. But they're rolling their dice saying she's going to do good. I don't know what oh, they yeah, would... I was going to say, you're also investing in their future. Exactly. I don't know what they'd have to offer her. This is their, I know I can, this only goes so far and I'll just end on this. Like it only goes so far, but they played with Enova their whole time. I don't think they had that season. That's like, oh, I'm ready to make a big demanding move or somebody comes and pays really high for them to where it's worth it for them. I think they're willing to play it with the discs. They know the support that they have. I mean, Jonathan Poole, there is something to be said for this. Like, Jonathan Poole, if you know him outside of like tournament directing and all that, you're able to talk to him like a really incredible, genuine guy. The support he was offering to Henna there tells me that they have a decent relationship. And now, see, I'm digging really deep here. Like, I just mm -hmm. don't see this year being the year where that would happen. If they have a great next year, then maybe. Now, let's go we'll back see. and clip this out if I'm wrong, but I, I, I'm just yeah. struggling Chat, with that. Chat, remember video. this. All right, I'll give one off the top of my head really quick. Don't have to talk too too much about it. But Holland Hanley played mm -hmm. a made a pretty big splash this year, especially towards the end of the season. Mm -hmm. I know we always talk about that kind of recency bias. Don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but Holland Hanley, I think, definitely made a name for herself, and she's proven that she's here to stay. A third place finish at Worlds was an incredible feat by her. Um, curious to see with kind of how well Valerie did this year, how pretty well Holland did, how. You know, Kona did not have a great year, and they're investing a lot of money into that. But then Latitude investing a lot of money into Chris and Tatar. I'm curious how much money do they have to kind of spread out between players and who's worth more than who's worth other players. And so curious if Holland, if it would be kind of a, a good idea to go around, shop around, see where she can make potentially a couple extra bucks. So good idea. Okay, before we move on from this, now I'm going to be talking about out of both sides of my mouth. Hannah would be the more attractive and the one who would likely get the deal. If, if we are going down that road, I still leaning, you can cut this part. I'm leaning towards it's not happening, but like, if it is, that's what it would be. Hena now the clash, someone said Hannah to disc mania. And I was like, Oh, that sounds really intriguing as like how that would. So if that's what happens, there it is. But I'm still saying that's not going to happen, but I think that sounds interesting enough. Okay. Before we move into our next segment, 
I put a sticker on here tonight. DG Max Wax, everybody. That's a sticker. It doesn't come that way. This product is a legal <laughs> mini. Okay, you can use it actually as a mini if you'd like to. Um, I get like pine needles and stuff stuck in it. It looks like it has a lot of character if I use it as my mini, but it works that way. You get the grip enhancement on your fingers just by holding it or grabbing it. I keep it in the mini pocket. It provides to me, and you know, this product, it is a product that when I first got it, I said, eh, it's gimmicky, right? Do I need something? Is it going to make me better? I thought to myself, probably not, but I want to uh, work with this company. They sound like a great startup, DG Maxwax. I have now come to actually use the product regularly, and I'm moving away from like, I always say it, moving away from either licking my fingers or touching the dirt in the ground, this is my go-to and I get just the right amount. If I feel like I overdid it, as in like, I actually have a buildup on my fingers, a simple rub it on the pants or on the shirt, just a little bit gets you to that perfect grip enhancement. I saw somebody asking about this in social media. They tagged us. They said the Nick and Matt show swears by it. I do think it's a fantastic product if you're looking to enhance your grip. It's not sticky. It's enhancing. They also have a product called Snapstick. Um, as the winter months come into the Northeast, you better believe a lot more people are going to want to use it when it gets cold and dry. It's hard to get that extra tack. So, anybody want to add anything on that? You guys loving it? Where are you guys um, at with it? Me personally, well, this is just Intel. Intel. Um, so if you if you are disc golfing in the Northeast per se, or anywhere where it gets cold, um, winter months where it gets like just, I don't know, just wintry. Um, I've heard a couple of people say they need Max Wax for the winter. <laughs> I'm not even kidding that they need it because they just can't throw this as well when it gets cold out because, I don't know, something with the your hands is just cold. It dry, it's cold it, yeah. and dry. And then I will say this, and this is, I'm not going to say an age, but the older you get, <laughs> the less grip you get on your hands naturally is, eh. I think my dad told me that I'll, I'll just leave it at that it's like i don't get as well good as grip you know and so like this product is helpful for any for the, of those yeah, situations for the winter you need it I, I use it during humid situations or raining as well like just to get a little bit of extra there um have you ever like over dried your hands like it was raining and then like you constantly kept them so 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 dry that they actually got like slick in a weird way yeah like sweaty kind of no i don't know how to explain mm. it like super dry like so, your hands not even creating any moisture. Uh, anyways, look at look at Evan. He's grip. looking at the, he's watching the Pats game in the corner of his eyes. What are you doing, <laughs> Evan? Focus on the show. Anyways, ten percent off dgmaxwax.com. It's supporting a disc golf company, and we'd love for you to support them because you've heard it. You heard it here. So yes, sir. We'll grow that. We'll grow cool. help grow that business one DG Maxwax purchase at a time. It'll be awesome. All right. Well, uh, what's the score of the Pats game? If that's what you're watching, yeah. That's three nothing, but there was just a late hit on Mac Jones. I was trying to catch it. And Ben was talking about the drying of it. I was just like, oh. I knew it. He kept looking at the corner. I was like, this guy. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to figure out what happened, but let's go. <laughs> let's go, Statman. <laughs> it's not exciting now. I don't care if you watch it. We have it on the big projector here, a 100 inch screen in front of us. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Oh, I was going to say lucky. <laughs> here's, our, here's our last few topics. And this is another speculatory type segment. Underperformed this season, as in 2022. And what that looks like. <laughs> underperformed okay. looks like this. Here's the scenario. 2021, 
they played higher than this year, okay? And you believe that after this year, they're going to play higher again. So this is what we're essentially saying is this was an offseason, underperform. We expect that they're going to bounce back. If you start with FPO, my very, very first pick is Haley King. I believe this was an underperform year. Does anybody agree with that? Disagree yeah, with that? She didn't show up to a lot. You know what? I want to underperform and win a major. Yeah, right. Yep. <laughs> but that, I think I think it's totally to valid, me. though. Okay, huh? good. Yeah, I think I mean, it's totally valid, but it is yeah. it is no, crazy I, that she I wins a major and it's around. a performance. Yeah. It is a yeah. weird way, it's though, because you could say the same thing about Eagle. Like, he won that. Do I feel like he underperformed? That's very unique. I actually don't feel like he mm-hmm. underperformed because I don't feel like the events he showed up to, he played, like, poorly in general and i feel like Haley, the ones that she did show up to yes she won one but the ones she showed up to outside of that whether you want to call it poor play or just like not showing up or whatever it is like i feel like it was an underperform year i think we're gonna see her like if you go to points go to points for Haley king yeah. right now 21st you, you're telling me that's not underperforming like that no 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 i i totally agree okay. with you Matt. okay you're I, just I do think she underperformed God. Yeah, I, I was just saying, like, you know, it'd be fun to win a major and still be considered underperforming. You took know? you too seriously. Time. What, what do you think? Uh, so that's my yeah. FPO pick. I, I'm going to come up with some others here. Any other underperformers they played this year? In the FPO side? Uh, wherever you want to go. That's fine. I I think well, I would most agree with the Haley King pick. Sorry, Nick, to cut you off. But no, you're, I, you're. I think what I want to go with is Macy Villa Diaz. Mm-hmm. And that might seem odd. Um, because she showed a lot of glimpses last year in 2021 of being primed to tour more and be up at the top very consistently. And she did tour more this year. Uh, she did better in points this year, but not really in play. She just played a little bit more. And I think after a year of playing a lot more events coming back next year, uh, she'll be pushing a lot more for those podiums and really be in contention of winning more often. Mm-hmm. What do you got, Nick? Any? If you On don't. my side, I think this is kind of an obvious one, and I feel bad still harping on it. But Kona Panas <laughs> definitely underperforming this year. So you think she's going to perform higher next year? I hope. I think so. I, to be honest, yeah, I, I, really I do hope. think she. And I'm not saying she's going to go out and win ten elite series events, but I definitely think we're going to see a, you know more so a more consistent Kona than we have this year. I think switching to the plastic. I think. You know, wedding stuff coming up and life out on the road. It's, you know, new money. It, it kind of, I think all of that kind of hit really at once. And then it's the expectation of, wow, I just signed a fat contract. And now I need to play really well. But at the same time, it's like, you know what? If she had an off year, hopefully she figures it out and comes back stronger next year. I do think that she will come back stronger. I think it definitely was a season that she would like to forget. And she would like for people not to consistently talk about, but <laughs> as sports people yeah. and as uh, the hosts of a podcast, you know, we do have to bring it up. So going to Panas would be my kind of my underperform Haley King as well. But like that's you were not saying. a bad one. That's not a bad award to get is the underperform. I mean, you didn't want to, but what we're saying is we think you're, you had an off year and you're going to yeah. be playing back to your you're skill level. Back. So it's actually a good thing mm-hmm. to call her out. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> in that sense, like we, we say yeah. she's going to play better. Um, Anywho, going to the MPO side. I have a good one. Hold on, hold on. Are we leaving? Oh, we're FPO? still kind of. I, I have. I have. Oh, oh, I thought we were. Do you have another? We're one? bouncing all over, but I do have just a. Just throw them out there. We don't need to even elaborate on it. Evelina. Is this an underperform year? Remember when she nah. was over here? When was it? 2021. We were like, she's yes. the next coming. Like, she is the best player. Remember, Udisk 
uh, rankings was like number one yeah. in the world. Yep. Well, that was while she was still in Europe. They they had her ranked number one without playing a U.S. <laughs> but event. still, um, my point but is, she was she, she was performing. Pretty she won high. two elite series mm-hmm. before the pandemic. She won uh, Memorial, I think that was in 2019. But then she won Waco in 2020. She won that event. Yes, that was shortened due to the pandemic. Uh, mm-hmm. She was over like I before this this season. I called her to be the best European, and look at how wrong I was there. Um, so I think you're, <laughs> but, but here's my point. This is I my think point. you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that means she probably underperformed. I don't know if you had a bad pick. It was kind of like, we all can say it over and over and over and over putting woes for her. But I feel like, and I talked to her in person at MVP and I said, it was weird to talk about, but I was like, so what do you think about your putting? Like, what's the inside scoop there? <laughs> and she's like, I feel really good and confident in practice. Like I can hit my putts from anywhere practice. Nerves are real. So it tells me exactly. It told me that it was nerves and it was a pressure that was being placed on her somewhere internally. So that's that. I think she underperformed. She can figure that out. I think Brody's hot take is like her or Hannah. I think she said Evelina, but like would be like the best woman by far if she's able to hit her putts. So that's an underperform, yep. and that's then what I'm saying. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say by far, but I definitely think they would perform a lot better if you, if you just really look at Kristen's game. It is so methodical and so consistent, and very rarely does she make these huge blow up things happen. And she is one of the best FBO putters in the world. And to get to that point is the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours to do that. Now, Evelina and Hannah can both improve their putting, and we may think their putting improves a lot going into next year because of how. I'm going to be blown with it, but how horrendous some of their putts were this year. And so we'll be able to look at it going into next year. If they're making those 15, 20 footers just a little bit more consistently, then we're going to say, oh my gosh, like they're so incredibly great at putting. When we've seen Kristen from 25 to 35 feet being an insanely good putter and very rarely missing those, you know, definitely not missing anything just outside of the bullseye, you know, if at all. But Hmm. Yeah. So move it to move it to wherever you want. I'm this is an interesting topic of saying they played well the year prior. This year mm-hmm. we are saying they underperformed and we believe they're going to be back next year. Mm-hmm. Uh who are you going to with MPO? I think you were leading that way. For, for MPO and underperforming. And this is funny because I actually don't think it's really that big of an underperformance. Um James Conrad though, not mm. getting any elite series wins this year and not really making a splash at when was his last like win? in the past. When was his last win, Nick? I mean, 2021 Worlds. When, when, was when, was his, when was his? When was his? When was his last one before that? You remember? USDGC. Mm-hmm. That is correct. That's yep. insane. So, and literally popped off two clutch. perfect weekends, popping off, and he's a two-time major champion. He's a world champion. You can never take that that's away from insane. him. It's, yeah, awesome. that's that's literally his last two PGA-sanctioned wins. Like it's not like <laughs> it's not just yeah. elite series and majors. It's literally yeah. his last two wins. What? I mean, he's won. He's won the, last, the MVP Open in the past. It's, that was that's his last Elite Series only win in 2018 MVP Open, which doesn't feel that long ago, but yeah. is pretty long ago. That was a so good. So I'll pick. say I'll say not that I'm expecting James to go out and win three, four, five tournaments a year on the Elite Series stage, but I feel like we didn't talk about James as much of like, oh, he had a fire tournament, just lost it towards the end, kind of something like that. Like we really didn't bring his name into conversation i think too too much definitely not out of like sparking any remembrance out of me right now okay go ahead evan i was just gonna say there's there's a lot of good players on tour now i don't think it's that surprising to see james and you mentioned kevin jones earlier kind of drift towards those lower single digits or uh closer to the 10th 
uh, best in points or rankings or whatever the, uh, the, the ranking system is. That's not too surprising. It is a little surprising how James hasn't really been in contention to win besides a couple silvers this year and Kevin Jones as well. I think it was Vegas. He was looking really good and that was maybe about it. I think uh, so Jones I do agree with you there. Too, right. Oh yes, Jonesboro is down to the final hole. Good, good remember, uh, good memory. Good memory. All right, is, here's my. Can I just say mine? Say it. I think this is the best one. It. All right, Paul Ulibarri. <sighs> I can't buy it. I think that was the best. Like he it, shockingly, I know he was injured, but he shockingly did terrible in the beginning half of the season, where it was just like, I like. I know Paul. he's not like a super elite, but he did not do great. And then he picked it up after he took that break. He has some skills. Like, I just can't buy into this was an underperform. I think, uh, I mean, he might do a little bit better, but that's, I'm not That's thinking. what I'm saying. I, I'm not saying he's going to get top 10. I'm saying he underperformed for his okay his uh, caliber. Okay. Even whether that's 30th overall in yeah. the world. Nico LaCastro. Ah. Oh, don't even start. Is that an underperform year? I would imagine it is. If he comes back next year, like he's going. I mean, to he was overperforming over at the European Open, which caused him to underperform <laughs> after that. So, <laughs> so anyways, oh, that man. was a, kind of an easy right. pick. Chandler, okay, I, we're not there yet. Go ahead. I I got my I think the clear top pick to this, and that's Adam Hammes. I mean, not oh, only dude, did he win, two, my yeah. freaking mind, Adam Hammes. Who well, we've yeah, seen after win you in the said past. a few people, yep. But uh, sorry, yep. uh, he, we saw him win two Elite Series uh, events uh, last year in 2021 yeah. to winning none. That's that's not that surprising. As I, I, if you told me he would win none this year, that's not too surprising because winning is hard. Um, but you would expect him to be at the top, a lot more top tens, a lot more pushing for the win. And he had a few better finishes than you th- you would think. Um, I'm not looking at his page uh, currently, but he did have some at least top 20 finishes. But he wasn't really in the contention for winning, really pushing that victory. Um, like his average round rating was almost 10 points worse this year than it was last year. Uh, in an age where you see lots of people getting better and better, especially young players like him, it is surprising. To me, I think it was a lot of mental, um, whether dealing with success or maybe off the course things going on. And I think next year, I mean, he's obviously an incredibly good disc golfer. I think he's going to be right back up there. His numbers would support you there. I'm looking at his page, like 65th at Ledgestone, 77th at Waco, 44th at Des Moines, uh, 41st at Worlds, 50th at the event he won at Maple Hill, like 50th, like, that's a good mm-hmm. pick. I think it's a shoe in for underperform this year. I hope so. Yeah, but underperform with the chance of getting better next year because it's a double That's thing. That's what and I'm I, saying. I truly, right. truly think he'll be better next year. It's kind of like you buy and sell. Like I'm looking at it. That's like one you want to buy <laughs> because you're like he's going to get better. Like yes. exactly. So 100 percent clear as day by. Yeah. Okay. Um, any others here? We kind of said some that were a little bit interesting on the edge of like they're in almost the top 15 or 20. Yeah. It's hard to say that's an underperform, but I, I think both of you made great points for that. Um, I don't know how to say like Nicolas Antila, like if he does like a full season, I think we'll see that this was in a weird way, like an underperform because just because of how it, it, he wasn't here the full year, like doing every event. Um, I think if he is, I think we'll actually see him rise up like the point standards for sure. So it's hard to say if it's an underperformer. He was here for like 70% of the season. I think he at least played eight elite series events. I mean, he didn't get the drops he he wanted. Um, But yeah, I believe he skipped. To make it into the Pro Tour finale, right? Did he? 
Yeah. 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 He, he, did he have he, to play? I believe him? he, no, no. Okay. I think he was about the late teens, like a 19th or something. He, I don't think he played Las Vegas challenge. I believe he started out in the Texas swing. Um, but a lot of those players played the Texas swing all the way through probably around DDO ish or Jonesboro. And then went back to Europe for the summer until European Open, and then came back after European including Open, including the so championship, he, including the championship and the playoff events. He played seven, so he had played four elite series before that. Okay, no, but, yes, that is less than I thought. Yeah, yes, but he did play like a silver series. Um, oh, okay, he played City, the Champions really Cup. Well. Sorry, he played the champ. So <laughs> eight, yeah. eight, but including the three like final events. So, anyways, yeah, but mm-hmm. I think that's and I don't know. I don't, it'd be hard to call him an underperform anyway. So unless you have any others that stand out, I'm going to move to the other segment, which is the other side of this. Let's go. Okay. Overperformed. Now this one is really, I think it's super interesting to look at here. Overperform. It feels harder to call somebody out for this because we're actually saying like this year they did good and we're like poo-pooing on it. Like we don't think that's where you're going to land. Um, as a person that's just not in me like if i'm hanging out with people to do that but like talking this there are some interesting names that come up here so does anybody want to kick this one off should should i go should i go to be the (laughs) medio medio no so i think overperformed no he placed eighth in the tour points it's where he deserves to be no i think he overperformed didn't last year's top 10 too uh, he played less events last year. Right, it wasn't he finished, but he was he was played very well for the ones he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's an interesting one because I think there's a lot of reasons why you think he might be towards the end of his career. I personally think he's going to stay kind of exactly where he is. I think with Matty Yo, you see what you get. You know he's a consistent, really good player. Um, I'll be surprised if he ever wins an event. Um, unfortunately as it is, I know he's a ton of fun to watch and he's incredibly good. I think he's going to continue, continue and continue to finish top five. Three continues. Ben Calloway was yes. a good underperformed. Thanks chat. We didn't mention that, but that was, a well, good there's one. so many, if we reviewed yeah. every player, yes, I know, I but that, 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 that was a standout one. one. But, Let me talk about the obvious and it's not because I think they're going to play okay. so much worse next okay. year, but What's do you obvious? think they're getting four elite series wins next year? And that's Simon Lazat. Uh, I was so sad you, to say it out think, loud, Simon. Do you think I let Evan he's getting it. four Elite Series wins next year? That's How my only dare question. You, do you, Evan? Do you think on. he's getting four? Hold on. Boy. If I ask Simon, and I doubt he's listening right now, he's busy, you know, family hanging out and all that now. But like, if I text him right now, are you going to win four times next year? He's going to go something like, hell no. <laughs> like, he's going to say That's it himself. Yeah. But if I'm wrong, Simon, let me know. Text me otherwise. But. I feel like he would say, well, of course, I hope it, but I have zero expectation, and, and I don't think it's going to happen. Simon goes, of course, I'm getting four. <laughs> Let's go. He just texted. <laughs> he just texted. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, hey, I, I let me, let me say Simon. this. You're welcome. I have some stats. I could have told you he would have said that, too, but I guarantee the way that he said it, I can hear it now. It was so like... I, I was more on your side, Matt, by how he would respond. Like, oh hell no. Like yes, something like but that. But you can but you can hear him. He's looking at you yeah. slyly 
Like, of course I am. And he's looking to see if you yeah. buy into what he says. That's Simon, funny. we love you. That's so funny. Thanks well, for watching. Let me show. talk about this. And these are going to be averaged stats. So it's, of course, going to take the good and the bad. And in disc golf, usually we just mention how of the how much of the good you have. Um, but his average round rating in 2022 compared to 2021 was up not even a full point. It was up 0.71. His average, uh, his under <laughs> par percentage, his birdies are better, was actually down by 0.8% worse than 2021. And his bogeys were 0.09% better, as in less bogeys this year, uh, or over so par bogeys are worse. So his season was pretty much about the same. He just won, which is incredibly good. Uh, that's that's an incredible skill on its own. And I think uh, Simon said in his interview uh, after one of the events was, I'm either coming in, it feels like I'm either coming in first or 30th. Uh, and so if he has another one of those seasons, then absolutely, like he could win, you know, four more. But there's also a very high likelihood it ends up somewhere in between. Maybe he is consistently top 10 and always finishing top 10, but maybe not getting those wins. That was, you think about like 2017 through 2019, that was a lot of Simon Lazat's career, getting a lot of podiums, getting a lot of top tens, being on <laughs> lead card man. after lead card after lead card, right? And he's probably watching this right now, texting Nick Moore, and I got to say this, but uh, yeah, it's tough Devin to say. Yeah, the backtrack there. <laughs> he's like, oh no, Simon's watching. He's a new man. There is a lot that's changed in as yeah. far as like, I think your perspective on life, the way you've, re after you've rehabbed, just a whole bunch of things. Simon, I don't know you that well. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I think there's, there is a change. So whether you get four wins or not, that's a roll of the dice. Underperform then, or we're saying overperformed, I still think he does better than he did in 2021. Well, that's an easy one, right? 2021 yeah. was like, no, okay. Wasn't so, that was like injury? Yeah. So like yeah. compared to this year, yes. We hope the best, but I just... TF4 wins is nuts. I mean, that tied the best out there with the Elite Series. Mm -hmm. And maybe he does it again. Simon, prove us wrong, gets six. All right. Me, right. <laughs> okay. Uh, who else overperformed? <laughs> this is interesting because I feel like to do this, you don't have to stay in the top Gannon 20. Burr. Yeah, Gannon Burr. Oh, Burr. Feel free to bring it up. It's an interesting conversation yeah. here. No, I, I definitely do. Gannon had an incredible season, like consistent all year, won a major, lost an Elite Series event in a playoff. I mean, had a phenomenal year. And so this is where it's like, okay. This is where the word overperforming sounds bad because, like, he played incredible. I think he did overperform a little bit to what his expectations are of, like, of what we perceive of him. But at the same time, like, I could see him going down and getting fifth in the Disc Golf Pro Tour points, not winning any Elite Series events or majors. Like, <laughs> so I don't one think place he wins. Worse. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's the thing. Like, I don't want to say, like, his he's bounce so, back yeah. or, you know, his letdown. Okay. Like, I don't think he's going to go from fourth place that's to fair. 16th place. Like, I think he would go, he would stay in the top 10. That's fair. But at the same time, right. I do think that he kind of overperformed. Wow. And, like, you could, you could say kind of the same thing about Isaac Robinson. Like, someone who literally not a lot of people had really ever heard of and then went out to get second place at the pro tour championships one idle while this year in elite series event in a year that it was very hard to win elite series events and he obliterated and like that. yeah like he played incredible i think that it's weird like you don't want to say he super overperformed but i definitely think he performed better than expected he sure. yeah. i want to bring this up stats though. wise if ganon did not win usdgc 
and he ends the year with zero elite major wins. Sure, he can still have uh, Masters Cup. Mm-hmm. Do you think he overperformed? If he doesn't win anything like the big ones? Yeah, but he, no, but he was consistently I, top 10 all year. Yeah, no, great. I don't think he overperforms if he doesn't win anything. Like, I think those wins that he got, or excuse me, that win that he got, kind of set it over the edge in a sense of like, you know, for how young he is, I think that's kind of why, and not his lack of experience, because he obviously has incredible, incredible experience with it, but more so... I would say I wasn't expecting him to win kind of so soon. I mean, the youngest player ever to win the USDGC, that's an incredible feat in and of itself. So for how well he played consistently all year, I wouldn't be surprised if he went from like fourth to sixth or seventh. <laughs> right, right. Well, it's like, you know what I mean? And that's like, where, and that's, and that's literally just not winning the major yeah, when it comes yeah. to those points and stuff like that. So it's like with, uh, Mid-year Paul, everyone's saying he's washed, but he was like maybe finishing like 10th. It's just ex- mm-hmm. expectations when you're that good. Same with Kevin Jones. When you're, when you're expected to play that good, finishing in these positions is a dream to some lower level players. Whereas like, mm-hmm. I wish I could, that that would be a hot season for them. So, okay. I'm okay to move from MPO and I'm just going to say these two names and we'll see where they land with you guys is Corey Ellis overperform and Aaron Gossage. Now it's interesting because now did he overperform for the year or at one tournament? Yeah. I think we got to separate that he, out. No, just like the game. Yeah, I'm, so Corey, I'm not say, I'm so saying, a, the, I'm no, saying, yeah, I'm saying the year, I'm saying the year. Okay. I know, obviously, well, Worlds is a great I gotta go back and look but at like, Aaron's ear. But I feel like, and maybe it's recency bias in general, but he played well in the last half of the season. Like, actually, to where I was like, well, dang, he's actually showing us, like, it wasn't a, here's the Nick and Matt show, fluke uh, at Worlds. Like, I feel like he was backing it up, and we saw him show up to, mm-hmm. uh, wasn't it, uh, what was the event? Not SFO. What's that called now? OTB Open. OTB Open. Um, yeah, but he did yeah, he got, he got really well there OTB, in which is twenty twenty one. Kind of well. got, yeah, it's where he kind of got his name. Yeah, all for my take on it is if you're going to say he's going to charge for worlds or even a major and is going to lead it by three strokes in the final round and have it go to a playoff, I would say that's not going to happen next year, and mm-hmm. that this was an overperformance. <laughs> but if you take that that one performance out and over the whole season. I would say, yeah, that's what I expect next year and maybe a little bit more growth. But I think it's totally fair overall. I mean, it's it's what we wait. Worlds, right? Right. What about Clemenade? Matt mentioned that. I think he overperformed. I think that was a little insane. That I was I was not expecting to be top ten at all this year. So So those are the names. Corey Ellis, I throw out there. Mm-hmm. Kid played his heart out, played really well, but I'm just those are anyways, we don't have enough to break those ones down. But FPO, mm-hmm. I'll start the conversation there. FPO own. Now, own. When yeah. I say own, own. I want to be clear. This is an interest. This is an interesting twist on the overperform. I don't think she's going to be as high in the point standings next year. But I don't think she's actually going to play like worse for her skill level. I think there's going to be a a number of women here who are going to outperform her next year. So it's weird to say that it's an underperform or a and overperform for her this year. Um, if you know what I'm saying, like, I feel like she's going to play her same skill, but I feel like others are going to outperform her. So it's going to look like she overperformed this year compared to next year. Anyways, any other FPOs I, or do you agree? Or? I think that's I, totally fair. I agree with on that. 
Yeah, I think it's totally fair because we're seeing FPO get good so quickly. And just the last couple of years, it's been exploding with all these talent where if you just stay at your same skill level, you're going to fall in placement. And I mean, we'll see it on MPO as well, but I think it's a little bit more exaggerated in FPO. I think that's a good one. I like part of me wants to say Kristen Tatar. I don't think she's going to be <laughs> as dominant next year. I think she's going to miss the podium at at least one event, right? Like that's going to happen. Whoa. But, but I think it <laughs> is like likely she's still the number one player next year. Yeah. So I, I'm not going to go too hot there. This year. But but I do like her. She was so dominant this year. We're going to go back and talk about how dominant she was. Like if she really was, and yeah, she missed part of the season. So it's hard to have it be, you know, a perfect season, uh, but she was really dominant. And I don't know. No I could fire. see, I could see her finishing eighth a few, like a twice. Clarity, you know? She missed. Hey, I'll tell you that she missed the podium twice. Clarity. For yeah. The, clarity DNF. for the chat. And I know skill shot challenge. Oh my goodness. Missed the podium. Okay. And, and a DNF. Uh, and, and a DNF. And yeah. The chat yeah, is a very please. small percentage of our audience, like very small, but we love the live chat. But I want to just say, because if someone in the live chat saying this may be outside in the real world of podcasting, others are feeling this. We are talking about overperforming this year, but the way that we're basing if it's an overperform means that we're saying next year, 2023 season won't be as high. That's how we're doing it. It's like the year before, and then this year they did really well. And next year we're going to see them go back down. So that's that's why we're bringing up the other year. So I do think Owen is an overperform in that sense. I think she's going to go back down, but again, not necessarily due to poor performance, um, but because others are going to outplay her this year coming. So uh, really quick, my last point on this, um, and this is actually going back to the underperforming, and I think this is a name that we all kind of just let slide under the radar. But especially the back half of the year, Paige Pierce very, very much underperformed. And I don't expect that out of her next year. Now, I'm not saying she played bad, because if you look at her stats, there's a lot of tournaments where she still did very well in. She won two majors this year. I think won two or three elite series, or two elite series after that. Like, had an amazing, amazing year. And Evan could give us all the stats about the arguments for player of the year, stuff like that. She won five events. I'll, I'll let Hannah do that. Yeah, but um, towards the back half of the year, she, I would say, a thousand percent underperformed. Like, it didn't look like we were watching Paige. And it's funny because, like, we were talking about Own playing such a great year. Like, Own is the second highest rated player in the world right now at 975. And I think that's wild for how she has talked about her game or like how her gameplay actually is. I think it's insane, but she makes putts and she actually throws the disc very well driving wise. And you could call her form a little bit janky, those knife over forehands, but at the same time, I hate <laughs> she makes it work. I mean, you can call so, my shots she makes janky putts. too, and I make them work. Dude, she makes putts. So, so, in fact, maybe my game is similar to Owens, and I'm proud of that. That's fine. And I'm not even yeah. as good as her. My rating's yeah. like 40 less than her now. But here's what I wanted to throw on the Paige Pierce thing. I get the supporting, like, why you're saying that. I get it. And I think what you said is accurate. But let me just put it out there, my spin on it. Are we literally saying if Paige is anything but first, she underperformed? Or are we saying, no, Matt, 
we watched how these rounds finished and it was definitely underperforming. You know what I mean? Like it's not no, the Matt, fact we watched how these yeah. rounds finished and she definitely. So it's not that the fact that she got second place. It's that you're literally saying like I watched yeah. her performance and it's underperforming. Yeah, some of the tournaments, especially the ones where she dropped down outside of the top ten, was kind of just like who who is playing right now? Who's in Paige's body and can she come back to normal disc golf again? Because that Paige Pierce is incredible to watch the circle two putts and. Just, I think sometimes her decision making is, I'm just going to be blunt again, it's horrendous sometimes on the decisions that she makes on when to go for something way too aggressive or not. I think just plenty of times this year, it bit her in the butt. And hopefully the same thing with how Simon completely changed around, honestly, his career with how him having a career year this year was toning back the game and playing the better shot. And look at what it did for him. So, Okay. Anyhow. Uh, Evan, how's the Pats game? I actually, my internet was cutting out, so I felt bad and turned it off. Or else well, I we're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it the show. Stop, it stopped for like two minutes. I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, Ben already chewed me out. Like, <laughs> yes. Dude, it's all good. I don't mind looking away occasionally. But I'm, How often I'm is there a Monday night game? I mean, so, okay. Once a season. We made uh, it to Real this quick, point. though, Celtics 3-0. Everyone else in the NBA sucks Let's compared go. to them. They are freaking killing it. It's funny because as I've gotten to know Evan over the last few years, I feel feel like at this point <laughs> and so how much. big of a stats guy he is, I have like stats accounts that I follow on mm. Twitter for NBA stuff. And every so often, then I also see like Evan must follow them too because he'll be like, Evan Kearns liked this and it's some nice. ridiculous stat about the NFL or NBA or something like that. Anyways, nice. so. that's what so, it's about. Thank you to our sponsors again, DG Max Wax, and for the show episode sponsor 112. Thank you uh, to Cosmic dg.com or cosmic disc golf you can find them at instagram thank you for them for sponsoring this episode the format here for like off season will probably be similar in nature if we feel like there's a decent interview to line up we will if not we won't uh, we didn't even do stat or fiction tonight which i know you had lined up heaven i feel so bad. oh my goodness but yeah we i have two hours up. that's all right we'll save I, it i can save it for i can save it for next episode because we're already at two hours go. it's a fan it wasn't favorite. like event specific oh, my stomach wow. knows we're at two hours because i'm at two hours. starving yeah. and i'm rushing to pull this is a this. quick game or <laughs> a whatever. quick game quick yeah quick yeah. Podcast. yeah no 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 all no. right so we're done for tonight we will talk again um the off season does present sometimes episodes we leave off in fact can i just tease this out there right now Either you guys hold down the show without me or we don't do the show. Either way, it's fine. You guys are I'll able to do it. it. The down. reason why I bring it up is because Halloween, my kids dress up as some costumed character and then they go out. It's on Monday night. Oh, Halloween. Yeah. So, I mean, we could come right. on the show dressed up. We're not up. doing a show next week. Yeah, not on <laughs> Halloween. Okay, so because I want to take the week off anyways. Uh, oh, well, if Nick wants to, then we all do. No, the point is if I'm taking it off and Nick wants to. So, Tentatively, if you've listened to this far in the show, be aware we might not. And, if and that's then the case, it's the Evan yeah. and Ben show, is what you're saying. <laughs> so, right, no, I, you know, might just be the Ben happening. only show. The I Ben go, only. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh. Yes. <laughs> Evan's going trick or treating, dude. Yeah, right. And, and like Ben's we might just have a Matty O and Gannon Bird. Yeah. Wait, get Gannon Bird on and do an interview with him for the Nick and Matt show. So maybe that I'll upload that Monday. That'll be the content. Ooh, there you go. And don't forget to edit the other video too. No spoilers. Other. Me and Evan basically went up to Westy Acres and recorded uh, special videos. Oh, wait. Nice. Oh, we got to go. Just one through 10. How did you feel, Evan? You're pretty transparent with how you feel about courses. One through 10. You know, okay. I, Westy Acres backyard is in the chat a lot. I don't know if they are tonight. Say backyard but it was course. A, 
It was a it's a backyard course, and I remember they used to have homemade baskets, and I was a little bit scared of going there, but I was very surprised. It was like for being again a backyard kind of own property course. It was very well done. There was a few holes that you kind of feel like you're over the top of another one, kind of the first couple and last couple, but, but it was I, fun. I was I really liked it. Yeah, okay. I did. I think okay. I think they could do a really good job making it 18. I know having 21 is really cool, but. Okay, There's I'm gonna get out. If you were too short, I'm excited. We but I think it's in the chat. very. I, I really liked it. Yeah, I haven't seen them in the chat. All right, we nice. There's a lot. Of, Shameless plug time wow. on my end, and then we're gonna end it. Um, if anyone in the chat is going out, or anyone who's listening to the podcast platform right now, um, or excuse me, afterwards. Long story short, <laughs> Discura will be vending out at the Lake Marshall Open. We're super excited for it. We actually did vending this last weekend, got a ton of support, but you can always support us at DiscuraDG.com. If you use the code Nick and Matt, you do get 10% off your order. So do not forget to do that because 10% off of anything is an incredible thing. We'll be at Lake Marshall vending. I'm going to be playing. I'm also going to help vending when I can. It's a super fun time, and who's, we have these awesome new pullovers. Who's Robo Turner? Quarter zips. Who's Robo Turner? Uh, I don't know why. Come, come to Lake Marshall this weekend. Yo, Matt. if anyone can fly Matt well, out, yeah, he's sick. down. Yeah, no, I'm it's not. I All right, fly, fly me out. Yeah. Pay for my ticket. Yeah. I'll be there. All right. Yeah. We I'm, made it to I'm that stoked point. to go back there. Anyway, shameless plug, discuredgg.com. Use code Nick and Matt. We still have some awesome GK Pro Skin shirts that we released a few weeks ago. Anyways, thank you, everybody, for tuning in on this wonderful Monday night. Episode 112 presented by Cosmic Disc Golf. Check them out at cosmicdg.com. Uh, check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms. Keep coming in the chat Monday night, talking to us live. We'd love to. Jeff Spring was an awesome interview. Uh, don't forget to leave a thumbs up on the video. Tell someone you love them this week, and we will catch you in the next one. That's right, everybody. Ben, you're awesome. Nick, you're awesome. Evan, you're awesome. Let's check out the Pats. Peace out, everybody. Yes, sir. Peace. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.